everybody. Welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. I'm here with the beautiful and talented Heather Joe Clark. How are you? Good. Thank you. Uh, CB Gold is here as well. What's going on? Oh, you got a Cody Garbrandt shirt? I have a few of them. That's pretty cool. I like that. Are you, uh, are you ditching Connor? Are you slowly going to co- Team No Love? No. Oh. I have like three or four hundred t-shirts. Oh, nice. That's awesome. I don't... I just... To bet you don't have like you can't replace T-shirts for jobs. Uh, and yeah. then we, I need well, T-shirts. You could. You could make money off of them. Yeah, I need, I need T-shirts to uh, keep me clothed and not get arrested for indecent exposure. Jobs I don't necessarily need. Thanks, CB. All right. Oh, we also have Joe the Kid Perez. How What's are up? you, Joe? I'm good. I've never seen CB with a different shirt. I mean, every single time I've seen him, it's, it's been a different shirt. Like never, you've worn the same shirt never. You probably won't see me wear the same shirt. It's crazy. <laughs> I have like four shirts. <laughs> Dude, well, so. I gotta say, you're the smart one. He's he's the one. I mean, not saying you're stupid, but it just makes more sense, like commonly, to to not spend so much money on t-shirts. But it, if it makes you happy, CB. Then maybe it's worth it. Does it make you happy? <laughs> I just like being able to wear new shit every day. Does that make you happy? Do you think it would make you more happy to wear so many like a different shirt every day than wearing the same four in a row? I don't know. <laughs> I just like having lots of clothes. This is the dilemma I'm having with myself, as you can't tell. Like, OCD in my dilemma? Head. OCD, no. It's oh. this m- minimalism dilemma where I've been trying to get rid of a lot of stuff. Like, right before I moved out here, I got rid of so much, so many clothes. And luckily, I had a roommate that was moving in, a teammate, and she's about the same size. So I got to give her a lot of stuff. But literally, for the first time in my life, I gave away stuff that I would wear. Like before, it would be like, oh, this is old. But I, I like found myself with like 40 sweatshirts. And I'm like, why do I need 40 sweatshirts? Yeah, and I'm the same way right now. My girl's moving in. So I have to make closet space. Yeah. So I just pack like five bags of t-shirts and stuff and i'm gonna go to, yeah. to a homeless guy and just give it to him exactly that's what, that's my uh so um so joe well, you give it to goodwill and you get a tax write-off right? i could but i know but i'd rather just give it directly to the homeless person but you know the whole thing about I'm the tax out the middle person you can't so you can do it's if you're not if your expenses are more than six thousand your tax write-offs like for donations have to be more than six thousand for you to use it you can't use both so you couldn't I know. That's I just no something to think about. All right, we're talking about a t- No, but that's it. Hey, fighters, fighters listening, it's important to know. So, anyway. Just, to just give your clothes away. It's not worth it. Uh, so, I just got... Um, so, last night... It's so funny. Comedy is the most humbling... Probably aside from fighting, it's the most humbling occupation in the world. Because, like, I had, I had these shows last week... I, I did the dime bar last week, and I, I didn't like my set at all because now it's like all comics in the back. It's about it's somehow comics. It's like twenty five comics hitting around, and then like six actual audience members. So is it more comics than you invited? Yes, a hundred percent. And then so you think there's thirty people in the crowd, but it's not. It's six comedians and twenty four comics. And the comics are either talking or not laughing or judging. And I'm just like almost like I almost. Like, don't want, but they buy drinks, so the bar's happy. Wait, you said six comics and six regular audience members oh. uh, who are impartial, and then like twenty-four comics in the back who are judging or waiting to get up or annoyed. And I, I always booked way too many fucking people because I have a hard time saying no to people. But now I'm like, I'm booked up till August. I'm, I'm saying people, you want to do a show? Like I'm giving people August dates or, or July, you know, because it's just annoying already. I'm I booked too many comics. Even today, some fucking comic texted me, "Sorry, man, you were ignoring me for two hours. I had to." Leave. So he didn't. He like didn't go up. What do you mean ignoring him? Uh, he, I was running the fucking show. I'm sorry. Like these guys are so fucking sensitive. Anyway, uh, uh, but so last night I'm on stage and some people are laughing, but it's like 
it's basically like one huge guy. The guy must be like 350 pounds, Puerto Rican dude, who's dying laughing at everything. He's like the, the audience, basically. Right. He's like the one-man gang. He's like the one-man audience, right? For all you wrestling people out there. Uh, fake wrestling. So I'm, I'm making him laugh. And then there's like three people in the back. There's two like flaming gay guys who are laughing and some girl that was Miss Texas back in her teens or something. And then two people in the corner. So I, I, I start messing with the people in the corner. I'm like, oh, she's too good for you. But kind of the girl's so hot. And then the, this guy goes, uh, just move on with your plan material. Uh, so I go, excuse me? Uh, and then I got kind of annoyed by that. And he goes, yeah, you know, then he does a joke like, like when you're sucking dick, I don't tell you to stop. Like he does like a stock joke at me. <laughs> he said that? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. He said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I was like, so then I got back. I, so then the, the Puerto Rican guy stands up and goes, shut the fuck up. He's hilarious. Like he's defending oh. me, right? So I'm like, see, I have gang members on my team, right? So everyone starts laughing and then I get him back. So find, I find, Cohen find out that the, the guy is Tom Rhodes. He's like this huge comedian mm. in the fucking, I mean, he's a big comic. He had his own talk show in Who? Europe. The Tom Puerto Rhodes. Rican guy? Yeah. So at the end I was like, hey man, I, I didn't know you were a comic. Uh, sorry if I if, uh, do you want to go on he's like no and then I, I was like sorry if I you know I wouldn't have engaged with you if I knew you were a comedian and he's like oh you, you do what you do kind of gave me like blew me off a little bit which was it is what it is but, but at least he laughed at your jokes no he didn't laugh at all oh he didn't laugh at all he, oh, was, he was pissed the, oh the, the Puerto Rican guy loved it oh, he, he was the like the Puerto Rican my, guy wasn't a com- comic the other guy was yeah yeah oh, yeah, yeah. the Puerto Rican guy was defending me yeah. to uh, the, the okay but it was one of those things where like the guy could have just said I'm a comedian or hey uh, I have a talk show or or hey or just laughed about it or something like to him to say like go on with your comic go on with your plan material and then tell me I suck dick or something sort of opened this whole thing up and for a guy that's been in comedy for so long and so much success you'd think or understand that the worst thing to do to get somebody back onto their set is to tell them to go to their set because then they're going to worry about who the fuck is talking to them yeah. and go do more crowd work that's the worst way to do it it was like and this guy's like a, I mean this guy's a very established uh, funny comedian uh, who I respect a lot I just didn't know him by face, and it was just like I'm like, ugh. It was just one of it was just one of those things. Uh, so then, uh, but it was actually like it was a good. It, the, the show itself was good, but it uh, it was one of those things where once the fat guy went to the bathroom, like I like lost the whole crowd because <laughs> he was my he was the guy laughing at everything, and it was but it was just funny. Like I do a show at uh, Thursday night at the Ha Ha. I think I have the best set of my life. Friday at the HaHa ha again, I host it. Me and Greg Wilson, we hung out, hung out with Greg. We, we had a great time. Saturday, I was at the Laugh Factory. Fucking, uh, you know, Sunday at the HaHa, ha, I'm feeling like the best comic in the world. And then it's just Monday, boom. It just, you go right back to like, fuck, I got to write new jokes. I got to work harder. I got to this, that. It's just, it's such a mind fuck, you know? But it's good. It's good because in essence, it, it, it never lets you get comfortable. But you know what, Adam, that's everything. That's the same with MMA. I mean, we go in, you have a good day on the mat, you have a bad day on the mat. It's all. It's like there's going to be highs and lows, and without those highs and lows, it, that's. I mean, that. No, that's what makes it. One hundred percent. You know, one hundred percent. And it, it was. It's always good. You always learn from the from the shows that you struggle in. Like right. the shows that you blow out the room, and you're like, I'm the funniest comic ever. You will not get better the next show <laughs> unfortunately you'll feel better yeah. but you will not improve it's the shows where you're like fuck I should have done this I should have done that the, the nights you stand up beating yourself up so that, so that was that and then uh, and now my girl's moving in right which is hard for her it's not hard for me I love it there's like food now and I got furniture and we're, we're, there's a rug now and we have a thing over this and there's food and the, the whole thing. but um, 
Like I didn't know that this little small towel didn't go in the sink. I, like I thought, I thought it was a towel. I thought it was like a washcloth. It was a towel. So she's educating me on where things go in the apartment. I guess as a 38 year old. Also, my cat sitter was coming over and he was scooping the stuff, the litter out, right? But then the 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 thing, the, the shovel broke, the little shovel. So then he used the spatula. Oh as my thing. god! So Your spatula, my spatula, yeah, which which worked, it was effective. But then, my, my, so my girl couldn't believe that I was using the spatula as the cat litter thing. But it was my friend did it first. But you were using it just solely for that reason, or yeah, you were no, then it didn't using... go back to the spatula. Oh. It, it, oh, it went well, right. Then... <laughs> well, then it's okay as long as it doesn't go back in the kitchen <laughs> it afterwards. Go back to the yeah, it sort of became a. It became that. It became a shovel after that. It was. It, was, it became a trans shovel. Oh my it, god! It, it, so and then we're, we were looking. Things you could do to people with that. <laughs> and then we're 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 picking out a a uh, wedding cake, right? So mm-hmm. we're picking out this wedding cake. So we go and um, it's fifteen fifteen hundred dollars for a five layer cake. Are you serious? Yeah, fifteen hundred bucks. So I'm like, all right, make it one layer and p- make it all of gluten, so nobody fucking eats it, right? That's what I said, and like no one laughed. And then they were like, hey. I-, I got the he's a comedian from her, her and her mom again. Yeah, again. yeah, I got her. Yeah. And then I go, okay, can I have a little? Stop bringing you. I'm like, maybe I-, I go, I go, can I have a little figure of me crying on top of it, spending the fifteen hundred? So, uh, so that was that. And then, and then it's also we're having, you know, she's Christian and I'm Jewish, so an Orthodox rabbi won't marry us, and so you're getting a Buddhist one, and a pastor won't marry us either. So I'm going to have my friend Ryan marry us, but we're going to have a rabbi and, and priest there. But so now my friend has to get like ordained, not ordained, he has to become a, uh, you can go online and it's, like, it's easy. Yeah, it's like 10 minutes. It's like 10 minutes. I yeah. can marry you guys. Great, Joe. That's oh, awesome. I, I'm, definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely coming now. I will definitely be there now. <laughs> I have to see this. And then we brought over her cat, right? So her cat now, and uh, her cat is now in the, in the office and it's like gangs now. It's like, like my cats are underneath the bed, the closet. Her cat's in the, in the office. But then her cat comes out at night and just like, does this weird noise. Like, like it's, I don't, it's not coming from her mouth. It's coming from her whole body. And she's chasing, like, like she chased my dog and my cat in my room. They looked at me like, what kind of crazy bitch did you fucking let in this house? Look at, but that's what it is. Like, she's, she's tough. She's so so there's like, three cats in this apartment. There's three cats in the apartment. Dog. Yeah, two are, two are. But she's hiding in my other cat's hiding spaces. So, so it's like she's slowly. It's He'll figure just, it out. Yeah, it's becoming a the, fucking. The office is the crypts and your bedroom's the blood. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what's going on. Heather, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing okay. Uh, had, had an event yesterday, a guard lab event, which went really well. Nice. Um, yeah, at GTA uh, in Canoga Park. A little uh, gym over there. Really cool. And yeah, you know, just just hustling. I'm I'm training a lot with again Benny the Jet, and um, I'm thinking about tonight actually going to Kings and doing a class with First time? Uh, Rafael. Yeah, and then doing the one in West Hollywood. I guess they have like a Muay Thai class. Are you gonna Tuesday, dojo Thursday. storm or no? What's that mean? Just like go in there, and just fuck everybody up. No. Oh no. no. Okay, so you're gonna go to Kings? Yeah, I'm just get well. Really. Um, Rafael invited me. I had gone in there to talk to them about Guard Lab, and he invited me to come train uh, one of these days. And I just thought I'd I'd go and that'd be great check for you. I mean, yeah, why not? You got all these great people around here, for sure, for sure. And it's always good, like, because I am going to need to meet people and sparring partners and different, you know. So uh, yeah, I'm just enjoying myself at the moment. Still can't go super hard with my nose, uh, still recovering and whatnot. But yeah, doing that, doing the podcast and. Nice, you know. A, a lot of our listeners have went over and, and listened to it. Yeah, they they they, uh, they 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 wanted to see how long they could last, and and they they said it was good. They said it was good. 
<laughs> they actually did like it. Who did they listen to? Which I don't know. They said they, they said it was very female empowering. Oh. Uh, uh, one guy couldn't get past five minutes, but the other ones, <laughs> the other ones, I'm just telling you what they said on the on the underground thread of MMA roasted. Other ones liked it. So it other good. ones like, hey, yeah. you know, you can't please everybody. No, look, you want to have people to react. Either they like exactly. it or hate it. Yeah. And anything in between is, for sure. Sucks. Joe, how you doing? Ain't gonna lie, man. I'm going through a little uh, relapse right now. What happened? I'm back on Tinder. What? I thought you had a girlfriend. That's what you know, man. It's weird. It's such a weird thing. Uh, you know, I talked about this girl I met at school. Yep. We went on a few dates. Yep. Got to the point where we were holding hands and stuff, doing yep. that, you know, basic stuff. Yep. So that's a pretty serious step, holding hands, right? Well, did she know she was? Uh, <laughs> were you just like kidnapping her and grabbing her hand, or, or? No, no, he no, cut no. it off and right. was holding? No, it. no, just, you know, <laughs> your basic. You like okay. starter stuff with the yeah. girl. Then we make love a few times, beautiful love in the moonlight. Why are you looking me dead in the eyes as you say this shit? All right, so go on. And so I thought, you know, we're getting we're getting pretty serious. This is a you know a beautiful girl. I'm, I think I'm falling in love with this girl. And then like a day later, she tells me, "Yo, yo, Ween Dog, I think we just gotta we gotta be friends." And I'm <laughs> called like, you Ween yo, Dog. Ween Dog. She did not say Yo. That ween was dog. not. Oh my god. She said Joe, but come on. All right, go on. She says that she just wants to be friends. She doesn't want to be in a relationship. So I said, "Fuck this bitch." I went back on Tinder and I met a girl at school in my class. Where I yeah. told I told her it's like at twelve o'clock at night, like a couple days ago. Yeah. I texted this girl from my class. I said, hey, want to come over right now? We'll smoke some weed. Mm-hmm. And she comes over, and I didn't really have any weed, so we just banged. Okay, so, so, you, so you did bang her? A, a different girl from a, my a school. A different girl. Okay. Yeah, this is a different girl. You asked her, want to come over and smoke some weed? I didn't even have any but weed. But you didn't have weed? Yeah. And then you had sex with her? Yes. Why not just have weed? I don't, have, I don't, I don't smoke weed. I don't know. So hmm. Why the fuck would you invite her over to smoke weed? I did that one time. I asked these two girls, <laughs> hey, want to go back to my hot tub? Uh, in my apartment and they came and they're like where's your hot tub I'm like I didn't think that actually would work <laughs> I was just kind of throwing out. I was just seeing if that would actually work and it did but you banged her though so, so you like this girl or what no why not it's just one of those things you know you relapse and uh, you're you not, don't you're relapse. not too you proud know, you of it you have to actually have a problem to relapse from my problem was I was addicted to Tinder girls which is why I'm on Tinder and Bumble again. but they weren't addicted to you I know that's why I only saw them one time all right, okay alright well I'm glad you're doing well and CB how you doing <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, man. Just uh, had a nice weekend. Got to see my my nephews uh, play basketball. They play basketball now, right? And uh, so I saw them both play, and they're pretty good at nine nice. years old. I'm proud of them. There it was a go. good time. There you go. And uh, I, I can't wanna... believe you're allowed near a school. All right, go on. Yeah, I know. Well, luckily it was a gym. It wasn't a school, but there was enough kids there that they probably could have asked me to leave. Yep. Um, and then uh, in that same in their gym, they had eight foot baskets instead of ten. My dad bet me a hundred bucks. I couldn't grab the rim, so I took my flip flops off, jumped barefoot, and still was hanging on the rim with one hand. So nice. he owes me a hundred bucks. There you go. Okay, hey, good for you. Made a hundred bucks off your dad, and that's it. As, as if you don't take it off with their money. All right. So now, <laughs> so, so, to, to be fair, it's not his money. It's okay. my mom's money. Okay, there you go. So hundred bucks for him is like it's a lot of money when you're unemployed. Okay. Well, I, I saw Carla and Ashley that came to my show Saturday night. Uh, they look good. They look, uh, Carla and Ashley, when they get done up, actually, uh... Ashley healed well, too. Ashley, yeah, yeah. I had, my friends hit, like, hit me up, like, yo, who's that chick with the head tattoo? I'm like, that's Ashley, and, like, uh, they're, they're, they're fun girls. They're, the they're fun. head tattoo? She has a tattoo on her yeah, head. Yeah, she has it right here. Oh. Yeah. Badass. Yeah. Back, both guys. Yeah, I, I'm not really a big fan of the head tattoos, or neck tattoos, no. or face tattoos, but... We won't tattoo them. Uh, we, we want it all. 
Who's we? The shop. Okay. We won't tattoo them at all. They will, there's guys that come in. They're like, I want L.A. on like the back of my head or some shit. And we're like, we're not doing that. I don't blame it. All right. So uh, Rhonda and Travis Brown, they got engaged. Uh, and I wanted to write this joke on thing of like, you know, um, that 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 the priest is gonna say you may now hit the bride. But <laughs> but, but I, I but I knew that that was gonna create all this fucking social media backlash. I'm like you know it was what? too close to Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> I, well that and then plus I know Rhonda's mom is a friend of mine and so she actually is a friend. So I'm like leave her alone. She's getting married, you know. But so, and then and then I actually te- so I texted it to 50 people and then Alan's like Alan Juban was like you're not gonna tweet this out and I was like he's like wow I guess you're growing up I guess being married is I think it's making me go soft. I, I don't know but what it is. You just did say it. So. Well, because I could say it to my fans that are listening to the podcast versus like, you know, putting it on Twitter where it's going to get a billion retweets where people who aren't fans of the podcast are going to listen to. So don't fucking put it out there on the fucking. It's uh, done. I'm sure somebody's already done it. I'm going to block you it. if you fucking do it. And then, anyway, so uh, and then you're not going to be able to see my tweets anymore. Anyway. Does, does she come back? To she's fighting? married now. No. She doesn't. It's over. I don't think she's going to come back. The only way I think she comes back is if she, they do a fight between her and Gina Carano, some super fight that she has a good shot of winning. And, um, and her, Gina's managers won't let her fight, though. Uh, like that kind of a thing, where that's like where they each make a, a whatever. A retarded amount of money. Yeah. I think they, maybe they'll come back for that, but I don't think she's going to come back and fight Nunez or some of these cyborg other cyborg or, or yeah cyborg, yeah right. i don't think she's coming back for that no. I, I think she might come back for a super against carano maybe she'll come back and the ufc would do it in a heartbeat oh, of you know it's a win-win uh so anyway uh let's talk about the fights that happened this week the ellenberger fight we'll t- start off mm. with that because that's that was uh that was hard man i was driving to my gig and I put on my Fox Sports app, and I'm watching the fight while driving, which is very safe. And, I did that, too. And Jake wins the first round, and he looked great. He looked great. He did. Uh, and then my Fox Sports app crashes, and I'm like, fuck, I can't watch the second round. I go on Twitter, and I just, thousands of people, worst knockout I've ever seen, R.I.P. Ellenberger. And I'm just like, oh, God. And then I had to do a show after. Like, right then I mm. do a comedy show, which is... Ne- uh, I did not want to fucking perform. I didn't want to do anything. To the point where I had to tell myself, what would Jake want me to do right now? He'd want me to go out there and murder and kill the it's crowd. Like he's dead. You know, he just got knocked out so no, bad. Yeah, he it's was. like he's dead. I don't, like, he was out for a he while. Do? Well, that's, I mean, I don't know. It, my, was, it, was, it, was, it was scary. scary. My thoughts yeah, are this. Uh, look, Mike, that dude, uh, what is his name? Mike, Mike Perry. Perry. Mike Perry couldn't put anyone down. Obviously, he's got 10 knockouts and 10 fights. His 10 wins are all by knockout except for the loss to Allen. Uh, Jake got caught. Did Jake maybe get a little careless because he won the first round so easily? Maybe. Yeah, you could look at his face in the first round, and you could see I could see Jake's smirk of, this is easier than I thought. I got this. And he was looking great. And then he got caught. And then who the fuck saw that, that spitting elbow coming? No one saw that coming, uh, especially Jake. But, fucking no, but nobody saw that coming. Uh, Mike Perry's a douche. Uh, he fucking, a guy's on the ground laying there. You, you, you break dance and then you say I'm going to end more people's lives like fuck you Mike Perry uh, not a fan and he gives zero um, fucks about anything yeah not like, a fan of you and your eyebrow tattoo and your you know so, like, fucking uh, arrest that you got into for um, uh, I think he for robbery or something and everything else not a fan of Mike no, Perry at all he got uh, one win and he just went crazy but like, he did beat Jake Allenberger but listen 
you know, people say, are you going to give Jake the Bubba talk? It's completely different, the Jake Ellenberger and Bubba Jenkins situation. Uh, first of all, um, Jake Ellenberger, uh, Bubba Jenkins is going at the fights unprepared. That's not, Jake was prepared for this fight. Bubba Jenkins is, Jake was not tired after five minutes. Bubba Jenkins couldn't move after five minutes. Uh, he didn't know cardio. He had a broken foot, so he couldn't run. And he took a fight on short, term no, short notice, and the guy missed weight at a weight class above him and still fought him. That's a different, totally different situation. Yeah. And I, I, I wasn't worried that Bubba is, doesn't have fighting left in him or can't be successful at the highest level. With Jake, I do feel like maybe it's time to look at other, other things. He's a smart guy. He's a young guy. He's a talented guy. He's had 50 fights. Uh, he's fought the best guys in the world. He's now getting, he got knocked out by a guy who wasn't ranked. And, uh, you know, do we really need to see this? I mean, I was at the Wonder Boy fight. It was fucking horrific. And now we're talking about Robbie Lawler, who stopped him. Um, you're at Masvidal, who hurt him. And now this uh, Perry. So, you know, it's, it's really up to Jake. But if I was advising him, I would say, dude, let's not lose brain cells here. Let's move on. Well, didn't he say on one of the episodes that he didn't have that much long? Like, he didn't want to do this much longer anyways? Yeah. You know, maybe... 50 fights is a, is a good career. That's I mean, you can loop. definitely not, you know, mm-hmm. be, be proud of that for sure. What, would you, what, what, what would you tell him if you were his coach? If I was his coach? Yeah. Uh, I would, I would just tell him, you know, what, what, it's really about what's in your heart. You know, if he, if he can't end on a, on a loss. If in your if heart, then every fighter would fight till they were 97 well, years old. No, I don't think so. I don't, I really don't. I, I think, you know, for instance, um, with me, I've lost my last two fights. I'm, I'm 36 and you know, I, I think people could definitely tell me, like, it'd be a good time to, to Your stop. Your fights were very competitive. Okay. And you weren't lying on the fucking unconscious on the on Right. The, on I've the never canvas. been knocked out. I've never... But, you know, some people would be like, okay, well, maybe it's time to do something else. You know, my dad's definitely telling me to do that with all my injuries and stuff like that that I've had. But in my heart, like, everything tells me to keep going. And, and, I, and I just... I can't even think like for a while there, I, I started to think that I had to stop um, b- based on my, my injury in my eye and stuff and doctors telling me this and that. But to me, the risk is worth it. Like I feel like there's nothing that could stop me because it's just that it, it means that much to me. But I think there comes a time in your life where other things become more um, appealing more, you know, and, and maybe he has those things. Who knows? It's really, it's so individual. And, you know, like Nick Dilley, uh, uh, Kalanok, she, you know who I'm talking about, right? Nick Dilley, she fought in Invicta. She's one of Misha's like best friends. She recently retired and she's like, no, I'm just like really excited for this new chapter in my life. I, I, you know, I want to keep training. I want to keep like 11 and 10 or something, or it's kind of weird. She something like that, yeah, but yeah. but she's you know she's got a lot of fights and she's just like really happy to to keep training and and do jujitsu and stuff, but not fight anymore. And she's content with that. And she's excited for the next chapter. So, you know, there's gonna be. I mean, I I think some people have no choice and they may not, not want to stop, but realize it's just what they have to do. I'm sure. I'm sure that that happens a lot. I know. Do you know who Rodrigo uh, Bachi is? No. He's a um, jiu-jitsu guy and he fought for a while had a really good record he's in vegas and he had uh uh cornea um what's it called detached 
Retina. Yeah. And he basically that he can't even do jujitsu anymore. So he's like 20 years of doing jujitsu, black belt coach, all this stuff, like spends all his time. And then one day they tell him you can't even drill it. You can't even get on the mat because if you know, they like stitched it to back together. And if that stitch comes off, right. he's blind. And, uh, so it's, that's a heavy blow, you know? And he's young. He's, he's like 30. Yeah. Yeah, so no, I, it ha- there's definitely injuries like that that you would be just devastating, you know? Yeah, I mean, with Jake, I mean, he, you know, the, the hard part about Jake is that he didn't get blown out the whole fight. He didn't get worked. He actually sure. won the first round and was looking great. Had he not got caught with that punch in the second round, you know, and, and, and he maybe a little more head movement, whatever, Jake, would I think, would have won that fight. So that's the hard part is that he was looking so good in that first round. Uh, but it's really up to Jake. The Danielle Taylor versus Jessica Penny fight. That was a frustrating fight because this girl has a very awkward style yeah. of running and punching, and she's quick and she's short, um, but she's effective. Yeah. Uh, I thought Jessica Penny won that fight. I know that Alan thinks that Taylor won as his I won teammate. Jessica Pen- I thought Jessica Penny won. I thought she won that fight. I thought she lost the first round and I'm she won the second. I'm biased, too. but I, I, I think, you know. I think Danielle did win it, but Jessica, um, just by, by, I feel like Jessica wasn't landing as much, but I know they were very close uh, in the numbers and stuff. So I don't know. It, it definitely was a, was a close fight for sure. I, I don't know. I, I mean, really, I, I think that Jessica got the takedowns, right? She got the but takedowns she didn't do the, anything with them. Yeah, but so, so what? But, but they still count takedowns. But uh, do they? Yes, but this little, this girl... For, so there should be about, a 105 so pound division. Do, do, so then if, if takedowns count, even if you don't hold anybody down or do anything, then do def, if you defend a takedown, does that count too? No. Why not? Because it's harder to take someone down than it is to defend it. Not necessarily. I, I don't know. Well, it's not the point. You, the, yeah, the, it is the point. And that's okay, the, yeah, obviously the best thing is, the, is, is effective takedowns. I thought they were kind of effective. but They weren't effective mm-mm. at all? No, okay. she didn't do anything. Uh, I still think she won the fight. It was close. I think Jessica Penny needs to like take a step back and be like, okay, what am I doing wrong? Because I fought Joanna Yanjanchek for the title, and then I lost to Andrade, who's also a beast. But I feel like Jessica Penny is in a different class than Daniel Taylor. She won this fight. And the fact that Daniel Taylor even made it that close is like, okay, maybe maybe the alliance thing's not working, you know, uh, maybe a different camp. But I think Penny is better than than that. Um, at the same time, this girl is so frustrated because she's like fucking John Dawson in a wig, and she's this little fucking like four foot two chick with speed. But she, w- I think there should be a one hundred five pound division because this girl looks like she would be. I don't think she'd make one hundred five. Really? She's she's pretty her stocky. She's got a huge butt. Her whole mm. body's just she's just stocky. Take away her butt, I actually grappled pounds. her in um, <laughs> the Ultimate Fighter tryouts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and she was good. Yeah, she was. I don't know. She's okay. improving She trains every out fight. here. She's a, well, yeah, but she could easily be 0-3 in the UFC. I'm going right. to go train with her. She trains out here. Yeah. With some of the I same like people. her. Yeah, and she's, she's a nice girl. she's a sheriff or something? Or yeah. Seems like a cool chick. Uh, a sheriff? She need a ladder to ask you for your license and registration? <laughs> she's, a, she's, a, she's a sheriff assistant Are or something? Are her and John Dodson standing on top of each other like a totem pole? Yes. And, and Demetrius Johnson. It's the three of them. Uh, uh, so cool totem pole. Um, yeah. So, but look. More power to her. She... She finds a way to win, and uh, you can't really hate on that. 
at the same time, it is kind of frustrating to watch. Cause you're, but I feel like if she had more power, she would just be knocking fools out. But she doesn't seem to have that much power. It has power, but not like devastating power, you know? Not hurricane power. Not hurricane power. Exactly. You have a lot more power than her. The other fight that was ridiculous, female fight on this card, was uh, Alexis Davis. Alexis Davis versus Cindy Dandois. No, Cindy's think? my friend, so be careful. Any okay, you won that fight. Man, I think Cindy's got worse stand up than Amy Schumer. Uh, <laughs> but, so, no. Amy That's Schumer's funny. a good That's five so, of those followers. Uh, but, do I think. Uh, okay, 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 okay. Hold on. Her stand up is yeah. the worst in the UFC. Right? And she possibly. still managed. She still managed to to punch Alexis, and she managed to um, she managed to take her down with the same takedown that she takes everybody down in every one of her fights. Like, I mean, let me tell you. Like I said, Cindy's very unassuming. She's strong. Just showed up. Okay, go on. She's she's very um, she's a lot stronger than she looks. Yes, and she's uh, I mean she you saw that head that head and arm throw was more like a head throw. They got to stop with the head and arm throw. It's it's the it's the most. I'm just saying she got Alexis Davis down with not even holding the arm. It was like just a headlock. She's really hard. To, I you know she's probably hard to train for because you have to get Frankenstein in there. <laughs> but but her stand up is I mean if she goes up against a good striker she's gonna get murked. Uh, I thought like Marlis Kunin or Jessamine or yeah, all these other does. girls she's, that she's, she's, she's fought. Somehow uh, she wins. Conan's what about, wait, 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 Megan striker. Anderson? What? She beat Megan. Wait, wait, wait. Conan's not a good striker? Conan's more jiu-jitsu she's than She's still a pretty good striker. I just walked in. We're talking about the blonde chick, right? Yeah, From, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was... That was, I mean... <laughs> that was hard to watch, man. I mean, I mean, people what were... What is her record, by the way? Would it, she's so that's, she's, she's my good. friend. I'm just putting okay, that okay. on you. Okay, okay, she's your friend. But people were actually... Like a good friend. People she's were trying friend. to ban women's she's MMA eight, after that. Eight and three. Like, no. Eight and three. So, so she's like a submission... She's I mean, she doesn't have any knockouts. Marlos Kunin, Megan Anderson. How does she... She's a what? She's a black belt? In judo. In judo. And purple and jiu-jitsu. No knockouts, I'm assuming. No, no. And she's a okay. negative uh, yellow belt. No, she does. She has <laughs> two knockouts. Two knockouts? Yeah, she has two knockouts. Really? She has six finishes out of her uh, TKO? eight wins. TKO. They must uh, be. Let's yeah. see. Either the- way, yeah. No, I, she that's was- the first time I'd seen her fight period, I yeah. think. But the first time on the feet that I kind of noticed. And <laughs> she like, actually... You know, it was crazy to see her style of, uh, style of striking. For sure. <laughs> and now, do you think it's hard for people to... Tra- like, they go in there and they've never seen that before? And it, it is, man. Look, off? you know who she reminded me of? And uh, Matt Horridge. I don't know if any of you ever seen <laughs> Matt Horridge. He is the most the, the most awkward stand up style, but it, it's hard to deal with it a lot of times. And if he gets a hold of you, he's like you know, right. he's and got that's that retard strength. He just beats yeah, you. Yeah. Well. He, you don't want to be on the ground with Matt Horridge, especially if he's on top of you. But he was like that man. Matt Horridge was very kind of like just kind of unassuming on the feet, but it was kind of an awkward style to deal with. Uh, Kenny Johnson's calling me right What's now. He calling you for you. So I, is he trying to reach you? No, I don't think so. Oh, uh, I mean, I didn't go to the gym yesterday. So, so uh, is that why your, your fingers are calling me on the podcast to see why <laughs> yeah, you're not going on the gym? Alan, she, her one, there's two, the two TKOs. One of them's a no name, but she TKO'd with punches. Jarena Bears, that crazy the one that beat Cyborg, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Muay Thai, the Muay Thai fighter. She yeah, wait, they're like six foot. Yeah, two yeah. Shit. No, no, that's Gabby Garcia. No. The yeah. one that beat Cyborg no, in, Muay ba- Bears. in Muay Thai. Yeah, in Muay Thai. Yeah, Muay Thai. Yeah, she's tall. Yeah, she's tall. Yeah, yeah. yeah Cindy TKO'd her. Yeah, <laughs> back in, uh, in, in, in MMA. 2011. Yeah. yeah. At a show called Staredown. I'm telling yeah. you guys. It was 2011, she's, but that was the last time she had a show. She's very unassuming. Yeah. Wow. I couldn't think. Joanna Bears, really? 
She couldn't well, beat the Baron. That's why bears, when I saw so it, I was like, what the fuck? Well, then good. It, it To the people that were wondering, why is this chick in the UFC? There you go. It shuts all of us up. This yes. chick beats up a lot of tough chicks. She it just did look like she was sleepwalking. Style of, she has, yeah, like, exactly. She has sleepwalking But striking. she was hitting Alexis <laughs> Davis, and like, yeah. it wasn't. Alexis was trying to get off. I mean, you saw, like, she yeah. couldn't get her rhythm either. It's like, you know how hard it is to train with someone who does, like, a karate style. For I mean, you maybe get to figure them out, and then. Mm. You can exploit them, but at first it's very awkward, and they're kicking you in weird shit and doing weird stuff. You don't think stuff? she looked a little bit like one of Bill Cosby's victims, <laughs> like after she had been like, drugged? And- well, but it's true, though. When you're seeing like professional fighters, all, or I don't say professional, when you're seeing strikes come a certain way, kind of technically sound strikes come a certain way all the time, that's what you get used to avoiding or slipping. So when strikes are coming from odd, yeah. odd angles, um, <laughs> it's just you're not used to seeing it. That's why I always say like UFC fighters, the high-level MMA fighters – the percentage game of us getting in a street fight, we're, we've got the percentages in our number. But there's always like, it doesn't mean that just because you're in the UFC or a professional fighter, you're gonna win a street fight because street fights a street fight, man. Like you're just throwing Anything leather goes, and, or yeah. throwing no leather, throwing fists and hoping something lands. Like, but when it comes to like being in a cage and being technically sound and who does the technical stuff better, that's where it gets to the higher levels. But right, right. I'm, right. I'm wandering off on something. But no, no, but, I, I love it. Now, you know now, I mean? now we were talking. Okay, but about- how did Alexis not? Uh, and, I, and I'm not I like Alexis Davis she's a very nice girl but how did she not get defend those takedowns like how did she not prepare for the yeah. same and it takedown? was basic double Cindy leg does that takedown for every yeah. fight there was just no sprawl like she was I, don't, I didn't feel like there was any effort to sprawl really but at do you all. know what I'm like, saying if somebody yeah. does something over and over again in a bunch of fights aren't gonna... you going to be able to just kind of like work that thing yeah. a lot I mean she trains that she trained at a produ- she trains at C- CSA? CSA yeah yeah which is a, Great an gym. awesome gym yeah. yeah I mean I mean predominantly a striking gym yeah, which, which kind of shows but um, but they also uh, you know have a up and coming wrestling program I believe or they're building it but all in all yeah uh, she trains at a really good gym and uh, with a very knowledgeable coach you think that they would have been training it she might have just not performed she might have just yeah. been like getting lazy and tired you know she hasn't fought in a while her last loss was to Sarah McMahon she right. could have been a little bit a like gun shy and at the same time you know Alexis Davis you know when you go from fighting Ronda Rousey in the main event to first fight in the prelims sometimes it's hard to get up for those fights you know, it's is that uh, what she, she did. I mean, she went from Ronda Rousey to Sarah to uh, the other one, Sarah Kaufman. Jessica I to I think Jessica. I mean, it's been three or four fights, yeah. but it's it was kind of a big a big drop yeah. from where she was at. And I think a lot of times, you know, you go, when you go to that kind of a drop, it, it's and plus you when you're looking at tape of Cindy Dandois, you're probably thinking I'm going to fucking smoke this girl. Mm-hmm. This is an yeah, addicted girl. Yeah, everyone underestimates her. I was talking to Cindy and she was saying that that's the number one thing. She's got like she's seven got kids, you know, for. and she's a soccer mom and drove her minivan to the octagon. I mean, she she's is. sort of not exactly the most, and she's very sweet, very and nice, and amazing. Yeah, and loves black dudes. All right, so now um, <laughs> what? I was gonna say unless you're Rumble, and then she's, she's no, psychotic. So she, she loved Anthony Johnson. She like stalking him. She was like, like like she likes him, likes, likes him, him, like like no, kept, no, yes, she was. No, maybe that's what Anthony has lined up already. Yeah, no, Anthony said he saw her yes. seven kids and moonwalked away from his. No, <laughs> that's what he told me. I swear he told me that. Oh my God. I swear he told. I, I laughed at Anthony Johnson moonwalking at all. Uh, now, uh, we talked about Ellenberger before you got here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the common consensus is number one. Fuck Mike Perry. Just knocks a guy out. The guy's unconscious, and then he break dances and says, "I'm gonna, 
I'm going to end more people's lives, and then calls you out for a rematch. Actually, did he? Said, he? Yeah, he goes, my last but not guy. Not on air, huh? Yeah, he said, my last guy. I want to fight about the last guy I fought. Yeah, no, he, he didn't I say didn't it even by name, that. but he but he like did say it. He goes, gotcha. yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on this guy and the fight? I mean, I mean, you know, I. Alan's like, I thought I got away from this fucking guy. <laughs> yeah, no, already. I mean, I mean, I'm not. It's a weird subject because I le- I've let it be known th- a bunch of times. I don't care for the guy, but with that said. I'm not here to like continually try to bash him or even bring his name to to, to light. I'm let him go on his journey. I'm gonna go on my journey. We, you know, we met in the octagon and 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 you saw what happened. Um, I wanted him to lose that fight for sure, just because as a as an individual, I don't like how he carries himself. Um, but then he won and he did so in dominating fashion. So in a way, that I, then I then I redirected and I go to that like college football type thing where I'm like, all right, well if I beat this guy and then he's like knocking out you know yeah. top fifteeners, then I guess it only looks good on me. But you know he's gonna go about his journey and do his thing. Um, but do you and, think and he can't though? Change it, you do know, you think Jake like it looked him? Jake won the first round. Yeah, it seemed like he won it pretty easily. Sort of got a little bit like ah, uh, this this is easier than I thought it was gonna be. Maybe dropped his hands a little bit. Yeah. And then got caught. This is what I think, man. Um, like, it's hard to tell how somebody really is in the fight game, where they're at in the fight game in the first round. Because in the first round, they still that feeling out process. There's a lot more adrenaline. There's a lot more distancing that they haven't committed to uh, uh, amongst each other yet. They haven't committed in a, in a distance. So um, Jake did the right thing in the game plan. He had some takedowns. He kept his distance. He was fighting smart. But the second round was kind of more the telltale sign where, like, does he still have the cardio? Does he still have the, the, the cardio to push those takedowns throughout three rounds? And does he still have his chin and all those things? And I thought that's when it really started to show that, that Jake, he's not the Jake Ellenberger, the juggernaut that he was five years ago. He's not that guy anymore, man. He's a guy that – and I'm not disrespecting Jake. Uh, I've got a tremendous amount of respect for Jake and what he's done. And he's a good guy and he's a father and everything. But he's a guy that, realistically, let's look at it. He's lost, what, seven of his last nine fights, and he's stayed in the rankings the entire time. He's a guy that I've been calling out. Just I wanted – I thought it was a good matchup. I've been trying to get a fight with him for a couple years, and he never gave it to me. And then I beat the crap out of Mike Perry, and then they give Mike Perry, Jake Ellenberger. It it really frustrated me because I took the guy that nobody wanted to fight in Gunnar Nelson, whatever. He won that fight, props to Gunnar. But then they give the guy that I just beat the crap out of Jake Ellenberger, who to me was the weakest link in the top fifteen, so it was kind of a a, a good, a very good fight. For I think Mike you were Perry too to respectful take. in your call out. I talked to him about that. Uh, who? Jake. Oh yeah. He said you were like, "Hey, Jake, I'm a big fan of yours. I no, have nothing no, but respect no, for no, you. No, no, but I would I'm like to fight fan. you. Uh, my name is Alan, and, uh, <laughs> and, and maybe we can get together and after. check out my new Versace ad. And it was it was too confusing. You yeah. had, I think you're too. No, nice I can't. Sh- I don't remember what I said, but it, my call outs are usually just like, "Look, man, I'm looking to fight." July, whatever. You don't have a fight. I need one. Let's do this. You know, let's make it happen. I'm just, I'm just not trying to say. Look, I'm not trying to be like you're a punk, you're a bitch. I'm not trying to get into that. I'm just saying, look, let's let's do but this. I think man. you were we too complimentary. You gotta start. You're too nice with your call out. Maybe so. I just, you know, what I'm saying, like, there's people that I want to fight that I don't have a problem with. You know, what I'm saying, and so it's just for me, it's just about keeping it professional and just right. saying, look, no, let's totally. do this. Let's I, make it happen. Let's put on a show. Um, but 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 Mike did his thing, man. He he did what he needed to do. Coming off of a loss to me, he came back out, got a win, got a knockout, got a bonus. But what do you think about Jake lying there, like half dead, and and then he goes up there and says, "I'm going to end more people's lives." Yeah, whose life do you want me to ruin next? That's and then what he break said. Dancing. I mean, isn't no, that- I thought it was super disrespectful, man. I mean, like like you said, like you know, we're in here to entertain, we're in the sport to entertain people. But at the end of the day, the guy was Jake was laid out, man. I mean, Jake didn't get up for a while, man. Um, He's and- still there. 
fucked up. That's your friend, man. I love him. Oh, <laughs> Jake, Jake would laugh at that. Yeah, no, it, it, it was disrespectful, and that's just how he goes about things, man. It's um, but but you could tell that that's just how um Mike Perry's program. You know, what I'm saying the guy's just kind of. Has a, a few screws loose. And he has a fucking eyebrow tattoo. Who has a fucking eyebrow tattoo? Yeah, like, it says platinum. Yeah, it says, it's, oh, God. It says platinum. It says That's platinum. what it says. It says he platinum. has platinum tattooed on his face, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he makes you look like you have good tattoos, TV. Yeah. Uh, Connor. So, so um, yeah, I mean, four, so, yeah, that's a... Four of them? Five. Six. five. Six. You have six McGregor tattoos now? Now. It's been that way since he beat Eddie. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but, uh, I mean, listen... Props to Jake. Whatever Jake does, he's going to be successful. He's a great guy. Uh, I, 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 if I was his manager, whatever, I would say, listen, man, you know, you've been stopped a couple times. Like, we've had 50 fights. We've had a great fucking run. We knocked out Jake mm-hmm. Shields in fucking one minute. We knocked out Nate Marquardt. He's we got we some knocked big out wins, Mike Pyle. Man. He's got some big wins. I mean, these are all fucking amazing. We knocked out he Pele and and, seven. He just, and he just beat Matt Brown, so it shows that he still has those, um, those elements of offense in his game. But I think it's the other variables that are starting to diminish. You know, we like, knocked out Pele in seven seconds. I don't know how good his chin is anymore. His cardio, or, or just well, making fucking Koscheck foam with the mouth. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. But I hear you now. Uh, your girl, I thought she lost. Oh, Danielle. But you thought she lost. I thought she lost. That's, that's I, why you're I not a judge, a cu- I went on a couple dates with Jessica Penny. Maybe that's why. I know. So, I know um, she's a friend. Yeah. Of didn't you probably. say they were horrible? The worst. All right. So. Um, so then. But, what? That ju- what? What was the worst? My dates with Jessica Penny. Oh, awful. why were they the worst? She is. Had, I don't know. She didn't, she didn't say thank you when I spent like a hundred dollars on t- sushi, and then she was like, she, was, <laughs> she just gave me resting bitch face the entire time. She was cool. Resting she was. Bitch. She was nice. She was a very nice girl. But then at the end, we we started kissing and. And then her fucking dog jumped on me. Her dog is like eight foot six, fucking seven hundred yeah, pounds. I, no, he's he's a huge fucking dog. And I, I, I go in the kiss, and she kissed back. And then the fucking dog, fucking. Wait, is this a true story? What yeah. Anyway, what, so, when, when anyway, I don't know. She's but she'll she'll fucking deny it. Anyway, so I'm saying now, uh, you thought Danielle won? Absolutely. Uh, Danielle won the first round. The second round was pretty close. But then the last minute, it was like if you have a close round and the last minute one person gets the better of you, which Danielle did, I gave her the second round. I thought the first round was ab- easy. Second round, uh, she stole it with the last minute because it was even up, up until then. And then I gave Jessica the third. So I, I thought it was an easy 29-28, yeah, Danielle. That's what I thought. But, I don't know. I, I it was close. I, you, so, so I mean, you don't have to score, but did you score? Did, I you, thought Danielle gave, won the first round. So you gave her the second. To Je- I gave to Jessica. Jessica second and third, yeah. but I could see how it could be the other way. I could see. Yeah. It. Problem is that Danielle's so fast and so quick. She moves a lot laterally. Moves a stuff, lot. So, yeah, it doesn't always look good. Doesn't always look good. But I feel like she could be a 105 pound champion. Could she make 105? I don't know, man. She is tiny, kidding? but she's got a lot of muscle, man. She, she's very, she's, she's, she's another, yeah, I know, but another 10. She's three foot four, dude. But another she's 10? <laughs> I was happy for her, man. You can see how. She's got a great butt, by the way. She, she, she's got, man, you, she's got a, she's got a butt, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Probably just, her and, uh, Tyron Woodley are the nicest butts. They've got, okay, they've got so booty, man. Do the pads, do the pads cry when she's kicking them in the gym? Man, probably when she's punching them. She's a little dynamite, man. That's, that's a good name for her. She's explosive. But like I said, she the first two fights, she you could tell she was so gun shy being in UFC. Like she wasn't. She was throwing like one punch at a time and just very doing a lot of movement. And this fight, finally, they were show. I was glad that the UFC fans got to see her opening up, throwing combos, yeah, throwing no, she, blitzes. She hasn't even showed her ground game. She's got a lot of like. Really good. I mean, she could double like the shit out of anybody, and, and she hadn't even shown any of that yet. So I, I'm really happy for this her. This is her best fight, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to watch her again. Cub Swanson, that was a good fight. You know, that was one of those fights with Cub 
where I think he realized I got this guy. Like right. Yeah. Well, maybe like midway through the second round, the first round, he might have been thinking, okay, I got to do a little more. Yeah, yeah, but at I, first it was but close. second round, I think he started saying like, like, okay, I'm in a different class. Yeah. But, but like, I can still get caught. But I'm just I'm better than this guy. Yeah. Because what's his name? Um, Artem Lobov. Lobov. He. I mean, he's he's predictable. I mean, he he could catch you. But he's like, you know, he's, a, he's like a 500 fighter. You know, he's like 15 and 15 or something like that. He's, he's predictable. He's looking for a certain amount of counters. But training alongside... Um, um, Connor. Connor, yeah. Uh, you could tell that, like, he works a lot of, like, slip counters and things like that. You know, he, he caught he caught, him, he caught Cub with a couple things. Did you see when they, they did that hammer fist thing? Did you see that Yeah, highlight? yeah, yeah, yeah. So Lobov did that in, like, his previous the fight. Ishihara when fight. he fought the, the Asian guy. And they guy. made the meme where he had the fucking... Yeah, he did, he like, a high hammer. guard, like, a high guard. And then, like, when you're unexpected, he's, like, hammer fishing from stand-up. You know, that's what Ashling Daily does, too, which is she, also from that, that gym, yeah. yeah. I, 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 was, I, I was doing that all day in the gym today, Really? Like, I was just playing with it. Is because it Cub obviously watched his footage, and then Cub did it to him, yeah. gave him a little smile. So today, during pad work, I would, like, every combo I'd throw, I'd do a little, like, downward hammer fist. So Imagine the first knockout. Benny the Jet does that too. Yeah. He'll do like a back hammer fist, so it'd be like a one, two, and then, and then right after the, the two, just I did that one time. A girl it. was giving me a blowjob, and I pulled it out and right on her fucking dropped the, yeah, mic. dropped the microphone. I hammered <laughs> her on on her forehead. It's a good move. That's a, <laughs> it's a very, very, I bet you very, she, uh, very effective. She called move. you right back. Uh, yeah, I, oh, absolutely. We we're now we're getting married. Is I Quinta out of his mind? Ally Quinta. I mean, holy shit. Just don't what even give him the microphone, man. Just don't even. But even after the tweets, like, you, you didn't give me a bonus. Man, okay, Fuck that's you, the UFC. thing. He I'm fucked like, himself out of the bonus, man. If he wouldn't have opened his no, mouth. No, no, no. He was already. It was three fights in a row. He couldn't get a bonus already. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying when he got on the fight after the microphone, uh, when he got on the microphone after the fight, he uh, right away, he was like ready to. Ready to explode? Like I heard, like one boo, and he's like, "You're gonna fucking boo yeah, me." Yeah, but he can't do. But that, but he's already like the problem was that he was already no matter this fight, no matter how well he did, he wasn't yeah. getting a bonus. Man, I, I feel like, but he started kind because of because a couple fights ago, he he either I don't know if it was when he trashed the hotel room. No, he took. Remember, he took time off. He took time, and off. then Joe called him. Was like, "You need to fight now." We're like pulling the bonuses and like holding your contract. And yeah, he was like, "Fuck you, dude!" Like, I'm not ready. And then he didn't go to the he didn't he didn't go to the fighter conference and instead took yeah, yeah had yeah. like pictures of him at the beach. And yeah, then they, and then they got really upset about that. So, so yeah, so, so he they told already, him he couldn't get in a bonus. Yeah, yeah, he's he's that's why he didn't come back because he was like he's like fuck it. Even if I win, I'm only getting like 26 and 24 24. I can't get a bonus. So it was like his way of saying, look, I think Al's awesome, and I think he's funny. I, I do think saying fuck you to the UFC, like tweeting On Twitter. that. I mean, what organization, like if, if an NFL player said fuck you NFL, or a basketball player said fuck you NBA, uh-huh. I don't know if they would say bye-bye, but or they would like get major suspension, major suspension and, and $50,000 fine, you know, or some kind of $100,000 fine. They can't do that to Al because you can't find a guy 100000 if you're paying him twenty four. That would just be kind of weird. But, like, what are you doing? I know someone that got paid, fined fifteen grand for getting popped with weed in Nevada, a UFC, UFC fighter. Yeah. 15. fifteen grand. Yeah, right. But that's cr- still crazy. Well, they find Diaz or... I mean, oh, yeah. I'm just saying it doesn't matter who they it is. They find Charles Oliveira for jumping the cage after he just won. When he won and oh, he jumped yeah, the kid, yeah. they find him like twenty five grand or I something. Under, I, I think it's but bullshit. But everybody else jumps I, out. I think it's complete bullshit. Uh, I think it's bullshit. You know, 
Um, and does Iaconte even get another fight? Does he want to fight? Like, he seems like he don't want to fight. He's pissed. I mean, he looked great. He knocked he out looked, Diego I mean, Sanchez. Uh, like, knock, I kinda, knock I mean, he stopped him. I like Al Iaconte. I think he's obviously his own worst enemy. Uh, would you would you say his name was Iaquinta or Iaquinta? What is it? You can't say <laughs> that. Iaquinta. Iaquinta. I think I think I think when he's older, he's gonna look back and be like, "What the fuck was I thinking?" You know. He's yeah. He's a um. I I respect that he's like so honest with you know. He says what's on his mind, but it's getting him in trouble, and it probably costs him fifty Gs. So. And don't say what's on your mind when you're drunk. Like yeah. probably not the time to say what's on your mind. Is that Renato? Um. No, like I don't know. His oh. just his approach for it was just it was weird. And you look at the kid, and you're like, this guy could be a champion. This dude's got Amazon Prime deliveries. My girl is like, the whole place is different, by the way. The what? The whole place is different. By the way, you RSVP for my wedding with your kids. By the way, thank you. I appreciate. It. Like you, I don't care. I got but, one but, kid. But everyone can't bring their kids. Okay, I'm like you're like I'm I'm stopping at it. You know, kids. it's funny. I thought about that, man. Like like it. it yeah, it asks like. How you and how many and I put you know three or whatever because me and my wife and my yeah. son I'm stopping it at your kid but though, I was like man if this is on Adam's dime we might have to just yeah Bubba's, Bubba's not bringing his two kids like everyone's not you know I have friends with like Mexican friends with like 17 kids so I'm like, so you gotta fucking stop that at a certain point I love that you already looked in. I was just saying to Alan about Al like I think he has the potential to be a champion but he's just I don't know it's weird dude I mean you look at it even like the Masvidal fight, which I thought he lost, which yeah. uh, looks a lot better now, being how good Masvidal is. Yeah. Even that loss is like, shit, this is the same Masvidal that ran through Cowboy mm-hmm. and ran through Jake and may even beat Maya. Uh, you know, it'd be really hard, but <laughs> if he keeps really But he knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's not like Maya is going to all of a sudden, you know. Turn into a kickboxer. <laughs> starts throwing flying wheel kicks, right? I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, no, he's going to uh, apply the same game plan. I just, we'll see what happens. I don't know if he could stuff him. I don't know if Mazda will be able to stay on his feet. Uh, Brian Barbarena looked great. I hope mm-hmm. he uh, fixes that stupid haircut, though. What, what, what is that? That was the awful fucking haircut. I, I like Brian. He came to my show with his wife. His wife is hot, too. I'm like, are oh, you guys together? They're like, oh, yeah, we have three kids. And uh, he's, got, he's, got a, he's got a cute wife. He nice, like he nice, lives on a street corner. <laughs> nice guy. Nice fucking guy. And John Dodson, what are people fucking booing John Dodson for? The guy because maybe no finish, which is bullshit. But he's like fighting a I'm, Eddie Wineland, you know he, he's life. beating up Eddie Wineland, a very dangerous fighter. He's coming off two wins. He's a one thirty-five pounder. Really, that's really a one twenty-five pounder. Yeah, mm-hmm. and people are booing him. I don't understand. I don't remember them booing. They were booing him. Yeah, yeah. at his post-fight speech or something. Yeah. So mm. John John cornered me like almost all of my beginning fights and at from Jackson Winkle Johns, and he used to hold pads for me and like he is just one of the most interesting, coolest, funniest, thoughtful guys uh, mm. that I've ever met. Um, it, just have to put that out there. He's a, he's, he's a super happy, positive yeah, guy. I think that's so kind of why he somewhat doesn't get the push or the love from the UFC or the, from the fans. He's almost right. like, you know what I mean? He's, He's like a so super nice, happy, yeah. cheerful like, yeah. guy always breakdancing and stuff. And it's like, people almost want to see like somebody that, they want to see Touched. Mike Perry sometimes. They want to see a Conor McGregor. I feel like yeah. people don't like happy black people. Like fucking <laughs> yeah, Cormier is. gets booed. He's yeah, a happy boo. fucking guy. Yeah, but he talks but, a lot of shit. Not yeah. written. He didn't. Now he does, because he didn't. 
Really? That's because you're a John Jones fan. Well, he's a friend of mine. <laughs> but, but Cormier is the nicest guy in the world. Think of like, but like the angry black people, everyone like mm. fucking loves. What is it with that? It, it's it's the um, you know the rap video thing. You got the rap video cover, the rap album. You got to be if you're the heavyweight champ of the world or whatever you are. If you're a UFC fighter, sometimes they want to see the the tough guy with the pit bulls and a champagne bottle and a goatee. They don't want to see a happy guy. They don't want to see somebody that's yeah doing the right thing. Sometimes I think the only hot black people black guy, people ever liked was uh, Norman Smiley. Remember Norman Smiley from the WWE? Yes, dude. He was this like journeyman fighter, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, wrestler. Norman Smiley. Always come in and, and do the cabbage patch. And then all of a sudden That's he started. Name, then all smiling. of a sudden he started smiling and like like humping people he was from behind. Da- and dancing. He would dance and, like, and start like dry humping guys and be like like patting them in the ass. And then everyone loved him. Yeah. They became like the the homosexual. He's one of the head trainers at the WWE Performance Center now in Florida. Have you ever graphed him? Actually, yes. I met him at WrestleMania two years ago. Did right. you say graft him? Yeah, yeah. What's that mean? Graft him means I got his autograph. Oh, we're going to start oh. this again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he, CB is the graft master. Right. He's gotten everyone's autograph. I do like... That was, that was actually... Whoever came up with that. Me. That was good. Do you have a book? you have like photos and everything? Yeah, you've signed a I know, I know. I remember, I remember <laughs> signing one one time, but I can't remember if you had like a, one of those yeah, big albums I, of pictures and everything. I have photos, gloves... I have two walls in my apartment dedicated to Connor memorabilia. <laughs> so we're, we're calling Anthony Burchek right now, uh, who's just uh, coming off a loss in Ryzen to Kawajiri, right? Yeah. Uh, it was a good fight, though. It was a good fight, solid fight. I wanted Burchek to win, obviously. I like Burchek. Uh, I helped him get in the UFC. Then he fucking leaves after a winning streak. I don't understand that at all. I don't even remember when he, yeah, when he got cut or what, what happened. I don't know. I don't, we're going to find out. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Out. Uh, calling you. Only he would pick up your phone call. (laughs) Too many fucking jobs, man. So, what's what's Toro Tech? Uh, His nickname is Toro El Toro, so I guess that's his. The bull. Yeah, exactly. The Toro Tech. So, uh, Alan, you're a a black belt now. Uh, I'm a brown belt under Eddie. Yes. So when are we going to see like a go-go plata or a twister or a... Or any jiu-jitsu. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I know. I just, I don't know. It's like, it's, I don't know. In the lower levels, I was hitting, I hit two go-go platas in a row when I was in the Amis. And then, like, Hello? Said, yeah. I haven't even tried jiu-jitsu. Anthony Burchek, how's it going? What's going on, dude? You're on the MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Alan Juban, Heather Joe Clark, and CB Gold. What's going on, buddy? What's up, brother? What's up? Not, nothing, dude. Just brought the, brought the boy to come get some toys at Target. Nice. Uh, I told him. When, I told him when I got back from Japan, I'd bring him to grab grab something. So you're at Target with your son right now. <laughs> yes. Is that what you said, Anthony? Yeah. You're at Target with your son. Yeah. Dude, it's gonna be so hard to concentrate on this phone call. Right now. I know. <laughs> you're gonna be a toy shop. No, no, no. Well, right the thing is, he's no, got I'm, seven I'm kids though. <laughs> Anthony, how I'm many kids? Outside. Trust me, I know better. How many kids do you have now? Four. Okay, only oh, four. Shit, that's man. that's good. Okay, good. You have four kids. <clears throat> now, uh, I have a lot of questions for you, my friend. Uh, number one, why did you leave the UFC after a winning streak? Well, I mean, I wouldn't call it a streak. I would, <laughs> but any any win in the UFC is a good win, and, and uh, you know, I had a good <clears throat> a good win over uh, Dylan O'Lopez, who was only nineteen and two when I fought him. Uh, so to be. Um, only you know three men who have who have beaten that that guy with a great finishing record. I think out of nineteen wins, I think eleven of his finishes come by guillotine. So, um, I mean, 
going it, going into that fight, it was already my fourth fight on my contract, and uh, I had you know waited for the UFC to kind of reapproach me and say, hey, we noticed you're on your last fight, you know, let's get you a new contract. But that never happened. Um, so after the fight, you know, I talked to Sean Shelby, and I, and I thought uh, it would be enough that the UFC would want to you know resign me. And I said I was going, hey, I'm going to stay in Vegas, you know, for about another week. Um, is there any way I could stop by the office and, you know, we can kind of hash out some deals? And uh, I really got no response. So I kind of started hassling Sean and, and saying, you know, hey, let's resign a deal. I want to, you know, resign to a, you know, a big deal or whatever, you know, five fights, six fights, something, you know, to solidify me. And uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he goes, there's only like two or three guys left that are contracts open out there right now. He's like, and one of them's Thomas Almeida, so you, you already fought him. He's like, uh, Kind of just sit tight till 2017. He's I'll let let a couple of these guys fight out their contracts, and you know I'll re-sign you in 2017. So mm. I, I told him I said, you know that's six months from from July when UFC 200 happened. It, it, it was, you know I can't be sidelined for that long. You know having having four kids and a household of six, it was just it was just way too long. And I told him I was going to start fielding some offers. So. Uh, I got some. I got some offers. One was ACB in Russia. They offered me some amazing money. Um, you know, had a great deal. Now, Anthony, uh, when you say amazing money, like you don't have to give me the exact number, but we're talking between thirty and forty thousand a fight, fifty and seventy. Yeah, uh, uh, right around that. Right around that. Thirty so and forty thousand. Okay, uh, if that's amazing. That's amazing more compared to what I was making in the UFC. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. So the show money, you know, the show money was was decent in itself. So um, on top of that, they offered me in you know a, a title shot, um, and if I fought for the belt, um, my purse would go up five thousand on each side. So that was even a sweeter deal. Okay. So I just kind of you know I let the UFC know that that uh, no no you know, no you're, no, you're saying you're saying Ryzen you're saying Ryzen and ACB gave you the kind of similar offers. Yeah, Ryzen, Ryzen, the reason I went with Ryzen is because it's, you know, it's, it's Pride Reborn. And, you know, growing up as a kid, you see those, you know, Pride Bushido 9 and, you know, stuff like that. That, that's something that, uh, to me as a fighter, was more important than, you know, you know, money. So, I, I may have taken a little less money to fight for Ryzen, but it, it's just, it's such a much better promotion, man. Like, if you guys watch the opening ceremonies, the, the fights are about, like, the show's about the fighters. It's not about, you know, the show itself. Does that make sense? Like, they really showcase the talent that's about to step in the ring, not showcase their, their production power or their, their media marketing machine. You know what I mean? Now, now, now when you fought in Ryzen, I did notice that the, the Kawajiri that you fought was not the same Kawajiri that fought in the UFC. This dude had muscle upon muscle. And he was he was three times the size as he was in the UFC. I, I'm sorry. I, I, maybe you don't want to say it. I'll say it. Are they are they testing over there? They say they do, but you know, like I mean, I mean, they told us that that Wada is doing the testing and that they're actually sending our samples to Salt Lake City, Utah, to be tested. But you know, I mean, who knows? The did did is, you get like, tested while you were there? I did, yeah. We we all got tested. We all we all had to go in as a group and and you know do our our group drug testing. Yeah, um, just urine though, and it, it just yeah, it's just urine though. You mm. know what I mean? And and uh, 
whether he was whether he was gassed up or not, I don't I don't mm. care. You know what I mean? I didn't get finished by one of the all time greatest uh, featherweights and lightweights. You know, in in not only Japanese mixed martial arts but mixed martial arts in general. Um, you know, I, I was looking back at like when they were playing his promo video. Like he, like a couple of dates came up with like 2004, 2005. I was barely getting out of high school. <laughs> You know what I mean? That dude's been fighting forever. Yeah, but you graduated high school at 21, but okay, go on. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's just, it, it just crazy. You know, people were telling me, like, hey, man, you know he's probably going to be, you know, juiced to the gills now that he's in Japan, and you know they don't care, and he can get, yeah. like, a therapeutic use exemption for that. I'm like, dude, look, if I go in there and I beat him clean, mm-hmm. you know, while he's, while he's all gassed up, that just... You know, that just solidifies me as one of the best fighters in the world. No, but there was a time, like, in that second round where you hit the most beautiful, like, lateral throw off a whizzer. Uh, but then he was able to kind of overpower it. And I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Dude, I watched the video again, and I was like, man, I never lose my hips. I never have lost my hips before. And that was a hip battle that I lost. And I watched him literally just rip me off his back with his right hand, and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, not to discredit him because I have no proof or anything. He just looked a lot bigger than you. I'll just leave it at that. No, but, but this is the thing, you know. It's like I created, I created this monster in my mind that was Kawajiri. And once I felt him, once I truly, like, locked horns with him, he didn't have shit. You know what I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't like anything I've ever felt before. It was, like, it was like, holy shit, this dude's, like, you know, incredibly beatable. I need to step up my game. But... I think where I messed up was two or three things. One, I definitely kind of kind of beat myself mentally, building this this you know giant creature up that I thought was Kawajiri. And then uh, in the fight, I made two two decisions that that bit me in the ass. And uh, once I got him off my back and I turned him into the corner of the ring, I shot in for a takedown, trying to prove that you know I was just a good wrestler. When I should have turned, posted, and started kneeing and elbow the piss out of him. Right, right. No, there was a couple that, and now, when, when you were on your back, punching up and punching him, and you guys were exchanging punches, but he's like doing ground and pound, and you're punching off your back, like, did you think maybe I should try to sweep him, or did you think maybe I could knock him out from my back? No, I, was, I, was, I wasn't trying to knock him out. I knew I couldn't really generate any significant power from my back. I was trying to cut him, though. I was trying to open him up, you know, and, and that was one thing I thought going into, going into the second round. If I can open him up around the seventh, eighth minute of the, of the first round, I think going into round two, I can start playing on that a little bit more. So that's what I was trying to do, and I was really trying to just make it hard for him to do anything, you know, and, and I was actually really surprised that I got a, a legitimate catch on an arm bar you know, against a, a top-level black belt like him. And I just, this whole week in practice, I've been going over armbar finishing techniques and kind of where I went wrong with that. But I was just so, I wasn't, I'm not disappointed in myself. I'm just very upset and angry. Well, and look, it was a great fight. It was an entertaining fight. I mean, he had, he had like uh, the, the backpack on you. You were carrying him around. You, you, re- you re- remained calm. Then you, you caught him in the second with a great head kick. Almost finished him there. Uh, it, it was a great fight. Um, you have nothing to hang your head about. Um, so, you know, did your wife bang well, you that? I don't I, know. I, 
that? Did you did, did like your wife bang you that night in, in Japan or no? <laughs> oh heck yeah, bro! I got I got I got some titty lay. Don't get me wrong. No, you got some pity lay. That's good. It's always good to get pity <laughs> yeah, lay. Yeah, I got it. Nice. Yo, Anthony, to backtrack just a little bit, man. You were saying you were in Vegas the last fight that you won, and they wanted you to wait six months until next year. Was that the card? Were we on the same card? Was that when we both fought in July? Right before yeah, that's when you fought Belial, and I fought... Okay, uh, that was the same I fight. You won Wilson. that night, and then from there, they didn't want to re-sign you until 2017. That's what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, well, dude. Get, yeah. Get I, I see where you're at, man. I wouldn't shit. want to, so, to wait that long either, yeah. So I uh, I even stepped in on short notice to take on Rafael Asuncao when mm. Aljamain Sterling was out with his bloody tampon or whatever he had going on. <laughs> I, we never even got a clear answer on why he fucking pulled out of that fight. <laughs> so uh, I, I called Sean Shelby, and I was like, hey, let me take Rafael. He's like, well, that's a really hard fight. And I was like, there's no fucking easy fights at my division right now, like, you know, I, I'm I'm trying to get back in the UFC. If this is me saving, you know, a, a part, you know, a fight for you guys, and you know, trying to step up and and fight another top tenner on short notice, I said I'm I'm gonna do it. You know, and he was like, "All right, let me let me get right back to you." He's like, "I'm gonna call Rafael's manager," and uh, I know Alex Davis from uh you know from ATT he manages all the Brazilians, and he's he's a great guy. Uh, Dylan, though, he manages Dylan, though, so I fought, and he manages Thomas, so I fought. You know, I would have fought three of his guys. And uh, I told Sean, like, hey, this is right around Thanksgiving. So I'm like, hey, you got to let me know because I'm sacrificing holidays right now. I'm not eating. We just made this giant dinner spread. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make some sacrifices here to, to, you know, get back in the UFC. He's like, okay, well, let me, let me call you right back. So I said, okay, I'm going for a run. If I don't answer you, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a call back. So sure as shit, he called me while I was running. I called him back. He pressed ignore because it went directly to his voicemail. And then uh, I called again, no answer. And then he sent me a text saying, it's complicated, but I can't have you fight in New York. Hmm. So I was yeah. like, damn, man. Yo, you keep saying you called Sean Shelby. You, you don't have a manager. You manage yourself. Uh, that's what I'm getting? No, but no, Mercedes my, Mercedes is my wife. She's that's what I thought. Manager, she so. managed you, correct? Yeah, she's, she's texted him. Constantly from from the fight in July when I was still healthy, mm-hmm. the only thing that I really needed to fix was that was my hand. Mm-hmm. But that that healed surprisingly quick, and I was back in like three weeks, four weeks. Gotcha. So how do you like training at Extreme Couture versus Jackson's? Oh, uh, dude, it was it was amazing. Both of those gyms are incredible, but I just think it's a uh, it's a lot. It's there's a lot more focus on on the fighters at, at, uh, at extreme, there's just so much talent that comes out of Jackson's. It's really hard for them to, you know, focus on, on one fighter. Obviously I want to be selfish and get the best training to myself, but you know, with extreme, I had coach Robert Fallis, you know, chiming in and helping me out with certain positioning. I had Eric Nick, Dick, Dennis Davis, and, uh, you know, Travis Kalanak that, that came up and he ended up pouring me. And then most of all, working with uh, Master Striker Ray Seppo, dude. Oh, my God. Wow. Those pad sessions were some of the best pads I've ever had in my life. It was just such a great flow, such a great vibe. Sometimes when you, you, when you don't hit pads or, or miss with somebody, you know, you guys kind of find, have to find your rhythm for the first two rounds. But, man, me and him started cracking, and it just it poured like water out of a glass. No, I I heard that uh, Mercedes Mercedes has a nice butt, right? But I heard there are a lot of a lot of the African American fighters at Shane Couture were 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 checking out your girl's butt. Does that, does that, does that really no, happen? No, dude, I'm ta- like she, like Kevin Montcalm Phenom and and all the Hawaiians at uh, 
at extreme. I'm like, I don't care what weight class you are. We're fighting. Like, <laughs> we're fucking fighting. Uh, so, Anthony, isn't uh, Paulus the the? I'm gonna take the take it off the subject. Sorry for a second. You can go on about Mercedes butt in a second, but I just wanted to tune in and say, yeah, Robert Paulus is uh, is just such an extraordinary coach. Wouldn't you agree? He's just like the uh, and Travis. Travis is great too. Was, were you happy to work with those guys? I, I can barely hear you. Kind of breaking oh. up. Did you like, like hey, Did you like working with Travis and Follis? Yeah. Awesome. Now, now, now was Kevin? Now was Kevin? Now was Kevin Lee one of the guys checking out Mercedes' butt? Uh, I'm sure Kevin's checked her out a few times. And Mercedes like, ooh, he's cute. And I'm like, no, 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 don't even start that shit. <laughs> he's like, cute. If I say, oh, if I say any female in anime is cute, I'm going to get crucified. Wow, that's hilarious. He's got a fight coming up, right? Kevin Lee yeah. is fighting Michael Chiesa. Who do you like in that yeah. fight, Chiesa yeah, or yeah. Kevin Lee? Kevin Lee will be the lightweight world champion. Uh, he's got so much potential um, to grow. And I think he's just, he's just a, a devastating force at 155. I think with... Uh, correct timing and opportunities, I think he will absolutely be the 155-time GSC champ. There you go. So when's your next fight? What's up? When's your, when's, your, when's your next fight? you have anything lined up? Well, this is the thing. is like the, the first round of the Bantamweight Grand Prix starts July 30th. So I told them, you know, if I take this fight with Kawajiri, that's one thing that I definitely want to get, you know, get in on is uh, being in that 16-man tournament. So... I'm waiting to hear back on a, on an official yes. Um, as of right now, Kyoji Horiguchi, Hideo Takoro, Ichiro Ito, um, and then the Pancras and Shudo World Champions um, are the guys that are coming up. And actually, four out of six of those guys are all 125ers. Wow. So, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting. Uh, I'm waiting to hear back on a, on a matchup for for that. But if I would get into the tournament. The first round's July 30th, the second round's sometime in October, and then the last two rounds would be, um, it, it would be around December in their January 1st uh, New Year's Eve show would be the, fa- would be the finale and the, and the Grand Prix final. What, what's the money like over there, man? Is it comparable to uh, ACB? Well, in, this, uh, in the tournament, the winner gets $350,000. Um, I believe the second place gets like around 100000 or so. And then third place of the tournament gets fifty thousand. So that's on top of your contracted purse, um, from what I from what I understand. So if you go through your three fights on your contract, you get your contract money plus you get grant three money. Nice. So I mean it's 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 really 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 lucrative, and it's it's not like uh, you know fifteen thousand to show, fifteen thousand to win. It's just a flat it's just a flat purse. So gotcha. it's so much it's so much better, man. Like honestly, even though I lost. Everybody showed me so much love and support after the fight. I had a blast getting my ass kicked. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's, you don't have to worry about, fuck, man, I had a bad performance. The UFC's going to cut me. You know, yeah. it was like, man, I, I went out there and had a good-ass time. You know, I enjoyed a fight. So, well, listen, uh, um, Burchak, you're, you're, you're the man. I fucking love watching you fight. You're, you're a great kid. Uh, happy that you found a home now in Ryzen. And I uh, would love to get you back on the show soon. Yeah, heck yeah. I'm going to be out in LA soon, so I want to get into the studio and actually, you know, kick it and talk shit with you guys. Oh, 100%, man. 100%. Take care, Anthony. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks Later, for having me on. Care, Bye. Bye, Anthony. All right, that was Anthony Burchek. Uh, solid guy. He didn't know that. <clears throat> 
we're in the soundproof studio here. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, I want to thank our sponsor, Blue Apron, the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Their mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. And they achieved this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. I'm telling you, me and my girl have Blue Apron night. It's the sexiest, most fun night. There's nothing better than cooking with your girl or your, your guy or your kids or someone, even someone you hate. Uh, cooking builds strong family bonds. Research shows Blue Apron families cook nearly three times more often. And those who spend a lot at restaurants or high-end grocery chains can now spend under $10 a day. I mean, that $10 per meal, which is ridiculous. I spend so much money. I go to Panera and spend you know, $80 on a thing. So I'm telling you, go uh, check out Blue Apron. It's affordable. They've got variety. They're flexible. They're easy. It's guaranteed. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash roast. You'll love how good it feels, how good it tastes. You'll be able to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. Don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash MMA roast. So what, what do you think of, of Burchak's story with the UFC? That's crazy, right? Yeah, it is crazy. But it doesn't surprise me, unfortunately, because it's just, you know, there's just no, like, really way about the UFC. Like, you, it, it definitely feels like there's favoritism and, and based on popularity and this and that. And, um, it's unfortunate, but it's, it is a business. And if that's just how they're running the business, that's their prerogative. I mean, it seems like they're doing a pretty good job of, of growing. Um, so they're but doing Sean something Shelby right. told me that in the contract, it says you cannot get cut after a win. Really? That's what yeah. he told me. But he, he, his contract was up. So he didn't technically he didn't get, get, he didn't get... He didn't get resigned. He, yeah. He didn't get cut. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. And it's not that he didn't... He was going to be resigned. They just did... He didn't have... Okay, so this is it. He didn't have a contract that... So Sean has has all these contracts and he's all these guys that he has to get fights because on the contract it says they have to fight so many fights per year, right? And so that's where the stress comes is mm-hmm. trying to get all these fighters. He's got signed fights. And so there's Anthony. He's like, I can't. I got all these guys that... I have to get fights on the on contract. And he's like, Anthony, so if you want to fight, you're going to have to wait until blah, blah, blah. So, it, it, I mean, could Sean have figured out something? Or, yeah, yeah he may, just, but he you put know, him on a back burner, yeah. Yeah, but it, it's just, that's just, yeah, that's what it is. I mean, I remember my trying to get my last fight. I had one loss, and I was afraid I was going to get cut. And I was like... What uh, the highlight of your career has been so far? Is it beating Roddy back? Mm, it was because I had my torn ACL when I did it. Oh, yeah. During the fight? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> How's it going with the boyfriend? <laughs> Adam, how do you go? Man. How do you go from like... Torn ACL to boyfriend? ADHD. ADHD. Okay, okay. So, okay. Yeah. So it's going good though? What? You and Morgan? MMA? No, Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about the UFC, Adam. Oh, okay. All right. So um, let's talk about OSP. OSP <laughs> looks fucking good. OSP, if he had a real camp... He could possibly be the champion. That dude. <laughs> a real, you mean a real team? Like a, real a real team. I think he. I feel like he trains with his like middle school. Uh, Damn. I, like he, I, right. I he, think he just opened his own gym though. Him and his him and his coach. I think I thought I saw something on one of the countdown shows or something where he was opening his own gym and and that's been the the, the dig on him. Like you know, is he going to go to a bigger gym and have the? It's. I think it, you know with coaches. Obviously, you need a high a high a coach with a high skill set and a high a high IQ. But also, you need like you need the partners. You need like who's he going with? He's a big ass two oh five er. Like you can't just go with random guys that take clash. You know what I mean? It seems like, but if right because he seems like he has all 
the makings of an incredible, I mean, super athlete, athletic, super yeah. athlete, I mean, just everything. He just needs guys to beat on him. Yeah. Uh, which I don't know if he wants. A lot of these football players and guys who cross over to MMA don't like getting beat up, which you can't blame them, mm-hmm. especially when you're in a sport like football where you're usually the most dominant guy or if you're the guy doing the hitting especially. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty, I mean, it's, it's a tough sport, it's really, tough, you what, know, on the body too. Well, football is, yes, yeah. but there's nothing like wrestling or jujitsu or getting beat up. And I feel like OSP likes being the big fish at a small pond, so he'll beat guys. But then he gets to the upper echelon, the elite, the John Jones, the Jimmy Manoas, the uh, Daniel Cormier's or whoever. And he's not going to beat those guys unless he really takes that next step of going to a Jackson's, going to mm-hmm. a American Top Team, going to Extreme whoever, uh, you know, a King's MMA or Black House, Extreme Couture. It's just not going to happen. I mean, can we think – the only person though, I think where that's actually happened for is Connor. It seems like Connor is the big fish in his gym. Isn't also yeah. Mighty Dimitri, Mouse? Yeah, Demetrius. Yeah, but, not really but Matt Hume there. is like a, a coach among coaches. Even his training partners are... It's, it's just training partners are, are, are seven-year-olds, but, but yeah. still... He's, he's got a coach with a super high IQ, yeah. and then he kind, of part, he kind of goes against his coach. But yeah, he doesn't have a ton of training partners. Right. By the but way, you don't really hear about anybody else coming out of that. You've never really heard about right. it. But, but I mean, even Connor, even though he's a big fish in a small pond, so to speak, he does have training partners There's coming up. Nobody's as, there, yeah. Right, there are a lot of bodies. But then he's also like, you know, when he has these big fights, he brings in people. You know, he brings in certain mm-hmm. guys. So everybody at some point has to bring in somebody to yeah. upper the level. Uh, and then Brandon Moreno, that guy just keeps getting better I and better. I love him. I think he's hilarious. McLovin, is it? No, no. Uh, he's like this Mexican dude Brandon that was on the Ultimate Fighter, and he, he, he his first fight in, he, he killed my parlay because I thought Dustin, I thought he right? was going to get killed by that Hawaiian Smolka. dude, Louis Smolka. Smolka. He tapped Louis Smolka, then he beat um, the second. He just fight. beat uh, Ryan Benoit. Yeah, Ryan Benoit, and now he won his last fight against uh, Dustin. Dustin, Ortiz. Dustin Ortiz. Yeah, isn't his McLovin? That's his is nickname. They call him McLovin. McLovin. Really? The same guy. Yeah, McLovin. Yeah, that's he looks just like McLovin. No English. What's that? He speaks no English. Mexican dude. Oh. Yeah, that's that's what the McLovin thing is throwing me off a little bit. Oh, yeah, maybe what, it's a different guy. The guy that tapped out Dustin Ortiz. Yeah, yeah. yeah they call him McLovin. McLovin. I'm pretty sure that's McLovin. They they they've been calling him that on the air hmm. for a while uh, now. They call him yeah. Mexamelt, but I don't. No, I'm kidding. Well, he's, uh, the so, assa- he's the assassin. He's like a super baby. happy guy. He's always smiling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's McLovin. He's I didn't know he's from baby. the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, the kid's a yeah. fucking nut though. Have you watched the Ultimate Fighter by the way? The new one? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Redemption. You, you watched it? I, I had to catch up on it, but I, I did see it, yeah. Have you watched it? I like it. It's good? I like it. Dude, uh, it's, it's got all the makings I know, of, I mean, exciting. all the drama that you could, I mean, I love just the between one. all the camps and everybody there, and then all the form, it, the, the fighters are so, it's so scattered. Like, they've got guys that have been in the UFC. Seth Pazinski, I mean, he's got like 15 fights The guy in that UFC. you knocked out. Yes. yes. And, he, and he's a true <laughs> welterweight. He's like 6'3", big guy. Then they've got guys that are like... I got Joe Stevenson. Joe Stevenson, who's been retired for like ten years. I love Joe Daddy. Yeah, Yeah. and then they've got guys that like just guys that are like that should have even got cut. That got cut like one fight ago, a couple months ago. A guy that's still under contract. James Krause. James Krause. His contract is frozen. Medi Baghdad. I mean, there's just like a it's 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 an odd mixture. I'm curious to see. You know, what's the big black guy that was on Ultimate Fighter? Gilbert Gilbert Smith. Yeah. 
No, Gilbert Smith, not uh, not him, but the uh, the other guy who I think he won the Ultimate Fighter. Oh, uh, Eddie, Eddie Truck Gordon. Oh, Eddie Gordon. Eddie Gordon. Yeah. That guy's a Eddie Gordon. A Ramsey and He's Jam gonna crush some of these fifty like... fivers that are stepping up to seven. You know what I'm saying? Like Eddie Gordon's a big man. That was confusing to me. I was like, wait, what weight? I had to go. What weight are they fighting at? Right, like, because fight, there's a lot of at 170. It's all seventy, but there's a lot of fifty fivers stepping up, 15? and it's eighty fighter. Yeah, I mean it's. It's going to be interesting and, and once it's a match in a Urbina way. couldn't even fucking... Dude, first uh, fucking episode, first fight in, this dude can't make weight. I'm like, yeah, and, and, we're and, 25 and, seasons in, people. You, you've right. been doing this. This ain't like... Cam Ryan kept saying, like, it's, it's, it's called redemption. This is your time yeah. to redeem yourself, like, you've man. You've done you this make before. Your, You're not yeah, new. People know who chance, you bro. are. Like, I met Tom Galicia. He came to one of my shows up in... Uh, I didn't even know who he was. He came by himself, sits in the very front row, and I just keep ragging on this like, guy with these weird ears, you know? And then he's like, he's oh, just weird looking. nicest guy. He's a comic, too. He, he does, like, amateur stand-up comedy. He's fighting Eddie Truck Gordon. He's got a fucking tall order in front of him this week. I got to make an appearance. That's the fight coming up, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, I think I saw when I, the, the face-off, it was a big size difference. Right? Yeah. 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 I got to make a parents on the show. Really? Yeah, so what did you do? I can't I don't know if I'm allowed to say, so I'm just not going to. Is it like a kissing booth or something or? No. <laughs> oh, okay. what, what did you do? I can't say. Just I don't think I can say. No. no. It's like confidential. Yeah, well, did you I try to convert everyone to become so vegans or something? You came on, you're like, here's the vegan lifestyle. You just lifestyle. have to wait. Fuck. Can we, can, we, can, we, can we get all right people guess what Heather does on the Ultimate Fighter this year oh, hashtag boy. Heather does. No. Um, <laughs> it's called living with funions. <laughs> what? I just realized when I said it, it was really bad. It was a play on your show. What was it? Because you said vegan. Oh, so yeah. I said it's called Living with Funyuns. Living with Funyuns instead of mm. Living with Funny. It's not bad. I When I said it, I didn't think it was it, it was, you, know, you can't beat yourself up halfway through your own joke. You have to finish <laughs> a joke. Like... You got to finish a joke and then beat yourself up. You can't I, I did. Just right. Luckily, nobody heard it. So how, how is the vegan lifestyle, Heather? <clears throat> it's awesome. Yeah? Oh, sorry. Sorry. It, it's awesome? Nice. Yeah, it's awesome. Um... It's it's diff- it's difficult at times to find food uh, when you know you're out and about and yeah there's definitely it's definitely trying at times. Why do vegans smell a little weird? Not you, but I'm saying <laughs> other vegans do seem like they have I've a little. I've never bit of a- never uh, smelled a vegan that's well. Okay, I shouldn't <laughs> say that. I have. But I've smelled other people just as frequently. You don't think maybe it's not having enough things in their body that that's why they things in their release body. an odor? Like a, I don't release an, o- an not odor. Not you, because you're healthy. But I've, I've met some vegans that, very, that look like they're on the brink of death. Does like, Ashley stink? Uh, no. Okay, no, she's no, vegan. No. Okay. No, so that's yeah. two vegans. And I, 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 I blew Mac Danzig once, and he was... And he didn't stink either. Very, very <laughs> <laughs> blew there's, a, yeah. there's a documentary coming out called From the Ground Up. You can go on final Instagram, and I was, I was in it. Jake Shields was in it. Nice. Um, Chris Weber, which was an Olympian wrestler, right? He's vegan. I think it's He's a basketball player, Chris Weber. The guy called Time Out? Not Chris Weber. I'm thinking. No, no. I think it was a, no wrestler. Call time out. It's, it's, maybe it's Chris something else. I Chris think Weber. Chris who wanted some vegan food. And then uh, yeah, it's, it's actually it's really good. It's all about professional athletes that are vegan and vegetarian. Is Morgan a vegan? No. Has he? Have you ever tried to convert him at all? He did. I, well, I did try. Yeah. <clears throat> well, he. I didn't try. I just. So if he's not a vegan and you swallow, are you technically not <laughs> a vegan anymore? Because it seems like he might have some stuff in him that. Okay, all right. So let's talk about Bellator <laughs> MMA that happened last Friday night. I'm just saying. Are you a vegan, Alan? Uh, no, not at all. No. All right, thanks. Hey, whatever. Is, 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 <laughs> your, like, no. is your girl a vegan? No. Nice. All right. <laughs> I'm going to keep my answer. His, his sure. wife is from Thailand. So hot. Gorgeous. She's 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 sixty, but, but she's, she's very very pretty girl. Oh my god! This reminds me. Yes. Okay. So last time I did the podcast. Here, yes. You remember? I, you've got to remember this. I didn't see anything at the time. You remember? Okay. So we were doing the podcast here, 
and and Adam's uh, fiance comes in the door. Yeah. It's the first time I had met her. Yeah. And she came in and she gave us all some drinks. And then um, she went to the couch over here about like 10 feet away. And she was wearing a very short like dress or right. skirt at the time. Okay, I know where, you, where I know are we you going with this? this? All right, go on. <laughs> she, <laughs> He's getting she real nervous. She was putting her groceries or whatever she had down right there, man. And, 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 and she, she was bending over, bro. And her butt slipped out a couple of times. And 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 I I kind of caught it and and I kind of you know ducked and tried to look the other way, but I kept my eye on Adam the whole oh, thank time, you. bro. Thank you for telling and, me this. And, and you kept looking, bro. And do you remember that? Do you no, remember? No, Hanato was here this? too. Hanato was he looking? He must. Was that Hanato was right here. Oh, he didn't thank, see it because thank it was God. He would, he, would, he would have been a hound dog, bro. Oh, that would have been horrible. But she had like a little butt slip right there, and, and so I kind of I was trying to ignore it. Right. Um, but I could tell you were you were beamed in on it, man. You saw it too, and then <laughs> she kept doing stuff. She kept bending over. Over and like grabbing stuff, and you you were talking during the show the whole time with your eyes on your fiance for like five minutes, bro. And I forgot to bring it up at the end of the show. Oh, he was like, you. "Remember that?" I, 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 I'm Would sure it happened. I'm sure it 100 happened. He was watching. No, I, it, yeah, no, I remember. Sure. I remember, I remember yeah. seeing you like with a worried look on your face while you were. I, well, I was worried were, about Hanato. I wasn't worried about you yeah, at all. About no. Hanato, I was waiting for Hanato to make some fucking comment about her. Yeah, you know, no, I wish you. I, w- I was hoping you would remember that. Oh, God, I could just picture him. Oh man, thank God. I'm, I'm happy he was sitting there. So, all right, let's talk about uh, the Bellator. Daniel Strauss lost. That sucked. I, I wanted Daniel Strauss to win. I was like, dude, do they just keep giving each other? That's they got to give him a tuna fight. fight. Like, they can't just. He wins the fight. He wins the belt. Fourth fight. He wins like, the belt from Pitbull, and they give him the next fight against Pitbull, right? Well, because while he was injured for over a the, year, you said the fourth fight what against Pitbull, Pitbull and Strauss? Oh, was really? their, this is their fourth. Their fourth meeting. Their fourth meeting. <laughs> That's crazy. In Bellator, and I think were they all championship fights? <laughs> yeah. I think so. Okay. But they've like passed it back and forth. But with, with Strauss out that long, the landscape of the division just crumbled. Oh, my God. You know, it's funny because they kept talking about how good. George, you can't make weight. You got all these guys. And they were talking about how good that guy's guillotine is. Like uh, Jimmy Smith. I like Jimmy Smith. He's actually a really good commentator. He was talking about, yeah, man, this guy's guillotine. He had me in it. And my head popped. And within five seconds, he had Strauss in that same guillotine. And I was like, oh, God. Yeah, dude. Like uh, he like I, I like texted Strauss like hey man hope you're okay but keep it up you know keep your head up and he writes back man I'm a good I just got to keep my feet in the water and I I it goes I, I just got to keep my feet wet and I almost wanted to be like I thought you guys don't like to swim but but like I but it, it might have been too soon <laughs> it might have been too soon right yeah, was, yeah. yeah okay good I'm happy uh, Alima McFarlane uh, the Hawaiian look fucking dope that girl is uh, the truth she's what four and zero now. Uh, she she won her her fight. I like how they have a one twenty five pound division in Bellator. Can you make one twenty five, Heather? Yeah, I fought one twenty five at the beginning of my career, but I was at that time actually walking around one twenty six. What do you walk around now at? I'm like one thirty. You walk around one thirty? Yeah, I'm probably a little bit more than that right now, just because I haven't been training full time. Wow. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think that that uh, this girl looks really good. She's Hawaii- Hawaiian girls are the best. Hawaiian girls are just. I remember when I was in, uh, doing comedy in UCLA and I was giving out flyers every day to, to like the sorority houses to get them to come Is to the show. That when you were at the brewery? Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the Western Brewing Company. And I ended up like, and they hated me because they had like mm-hmm. every Monday night they had announcements and anyone could come make an announcement while they're having. It's all a bunch like fifty sorority girls 
dressed up to the fucking max, and they're ready to eat dinner. People come in and they're like, hey, tomorrow it's the Battle of the Bands. So I kept going in about, but I didn't go to the school. So they're like, who the fuck is this guy <laughs> walking into our sorority house? But I knew that if I had sorority girls come to the comedy show, they'd be good shows, because yep. then comics will show up. But eventually they got fucking sick, and they actually put a super soaker by my head. Like when I, when I came in, they're like, you're not allowed in to this fucking... So I ended up banging this Hawaiian sorority chick in the sorority house, which she was hot, but I also asked revenge for these fuck aha I got you guys back so anyway that, that's my Hawaiian girl story but that's why they're the best yeah exactly <laughs> no they're just like uh, Hawaiian people in general she was a good don't lay. get offended by she anybody she was a good lay yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> she was a good lay oh, I think Hawaiian people are just they don't ever get offended hmm. uh and you know like they uh I just think the whole the whole Asian thing uh, they just seem like they're fun people I lived in Hawaii for two years why I uh, worked as a photographer. Nice. Where? Shooting underwater, under, doing underwater photography, surf photography, and ATV photography. How was it? It was great. It was, uh, I made more money than I'd ever made. And it was, it was definitely like, I, I worked hard How to do it. How old were you doing this? This was 2000, I was like 25, 26. Nice. Yeah. So were you like, I get to picture you like walking on the beach barefoot, like picking up dudes or, or no? Did that happen? Uh, no, I was working on the beach, so, you know, there were dudes picking me up, but I was, I was the one, yeah. Were you you married to that guy at the time? No, no. I met a guy there, though, and I had, I hired him to work for me, and uh, he was one of the photographers on the beach, because I, like, I had to have, I had two contracts at one point. Like you were dating? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. No, we were dating, and then I hired him. Oh. Yeah. That's very nice of you. Uh, I was completely wrong about AJ McKee. I, I was like, this is the fight where he's going to lose. I go, I go, this is it. I go, this guy's going to lose. Oh, he head kicked that guy. Yeah, and then I'm watching SportsCenter. It's on the fucking top five highlights. Yeah. The guy I picked to fucking lose. Uh, but McKee, I like McKee. He's, the kid's got talent. He's doing his thing, man. He's got talent. But Bellator did a shitty fucking promo- job promoting these fights because hmm. no one even knew it. No one knew about it. Everyone on my Twitter feed was like, UFC, UFC. And they had Ed Ruth on the card. And the other fucking... Tyrell Fortune. Tyrell Fortune. And they didn't put it on the main card after they both won. Man, that's a good, intriguing fight coming up in, in Bellator with um, Shinzo Machida is going to be fighting that Irish James guy. James Gallagher. That, yeah. That guy's good, man. Yeah, the, the two fights that I've seen of him, he looks very impressive that's on the, the feet. And he's supposed to be like... He's supposed to be amazing on the ground. I haven't even seen his ground game yet. So him against Shinzo. Shinzo's my boy. I'm hoping Shinzo could pull it off. Shinzo's like 40 now, though, you know, and this is a young kid. So, But even that, like, after AJ wins, he's like, yo, uh, he's like, I did this move called the... Uh the uh, cause he uh, the the head kick. He's like, this is the Miko Krokop. Like he didn't say Marco. He said Miko. Uh-huh. And he goes, and then uh, I know that uh, Gallagher's fighting uh, Lyoto's brother. Like, mm. like like dude, you should actually give the guy's name in the organization. Yeah, it was like he was zero for two on names during the callouts. That guy Gallagher, I think, was calling out AJ as last yeah. Man. And, he was uh, calling out AJ. He was calling out Bubba on Twitter. He was calling oh, really? out a he's, lot of people. Yeah, he's kind of got that Connor. Oh, he's totally, yeah. yeah, yeah, but he's good though. Not quite yeah, there yet. He, well, I mean, I'm yeah, but I'm yeah, saying but in terms he's got of the bravado he's, he's outspoken, and, he's got the bravado, like you said, and um, he's got the he's got the confidence and he backs it up. So yeah. Did you watch the boxing match on Saturday night? Andre no, Berto uh, versus Sean Porter. I might have seen the highlight though. So Sean Porter is now my new favorite boxer because he goes in head first and just smothers guys and hits them. But he he must have headbutted this guy seven times. Oh, yeah. But he headbutted himself too. <laughs> 
So, yeah, so then, yeah, yeah, like he, he was cut. The other guy was cut. Like before the rounds, the doctors were seeing both fighters. Mm. So then he wins, right? And he kind of hurt him by headbutt in the, mm-hmm. in the 11th round. At the end of the fight, he's like, yo, man, sorry about the headbutts. That was like in, the, in the victory speech. He goes, my bad, right? He goes, yeah. we worked on not headbutting people in camp, but uh, <laughs> I swear. I go, this is a fucking joke. He goes, we worked on not headbutting people, but I guess I messed up, right? That was his victory speech. Then they go to Birdo. They're like, what are you going to do now? Are you going to retire? He's like, I don't know. My head hurts, right? That, it's like, it's just, I'm like, the you couldn't have wrote it. Wasn't couldn't like have super, it any better. Like, super intelligent conversation. That's that that. It's like weird because it doesn't seem to happen a lot in sparring, but it always happens in a fight. Why aren't you wearing yeah. headgear? Am I right? Yeah. yeah. Aren't you wearing no. headgear in sparring? No, I don't wear headgear. Um, yeah, me neither. When you're boxing, why are you? But am I right? Like, you don't, and you'll go hard in sparring, but it just doesn't happen. Very rarely. I've never to the guy he goes I mean, yo this happens, guy's a legend not, man not nearly I've never been cut yeah I've never been mm, yeah me neither well <laughs> in the Ultimate Fighter I'm gonna have to go find that on like YouTube or something I, I have a DVR that sounds like so absolutely bridge. hilarious so funny yeah. was there, was there BKB we can't go go, we, one of us has to talk what was that I was saying that <laughs> I've never she, he said he's never got cut in, a, in practice in training in training and I said that I had in the Ultimate Fighter I was rolling with Rose yeah. when she went in for a darts I like when she went to clasp her hands I like bridged and then we went off the mat and I like busted my, your... my eye like hit the concrete and yeah I had you to, got cut and everything cut, yeah. Oh my God. yeah there was bare knuckle but boxing over really... the weekend uh, Melvin Gillard won his... Wait, oh I saw that Melvin like... was in it yeah Melvin won his bare knuckle boxing he match. knocked him out Yes, uh, he, he, he won. I, I, I retweeted it. And then people, people were actually then complaining that there was raps. They had raps on. They're like, it doesn't look like bare knuckle to me. But like, yeah, like yeah. I guess the raps are optional. It's like Thai fight where they kind of like, looks like they wrap them or something. Yeah. Make it look the Thai use a rope, don't they? Yeah, like well, I mean, it's a, I don't know if it's, if it's literally ropes, but it looks like But it. all that does is no padding. All it is is for your wrist not to cock yeah, your back. Yeah. When it's like that, that little bit of gauze ink can do nothing. Yeah. yeah. I'm still <laughs> watching a lot of movies out of Thailand, and I see them like using like the twine to like wrap their hands. Dipped in glass. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a Taipei <laughs> death match. With that's ECW. Yeah. That was oh, ECW. I used to have quarter rolls, yeah, for sure. Really? Oh, yeah. Back in the day, you never did that? Quarter rolls in your knuckles, just kind of like it made you. I don't know for some reason I've, you felt like you hit harder. I yeah. remember when I was like in seventh grade or eighth grade, we used to go fight other towns like mm-hmm. at like the fair. Yeah, and uh, the other towns. Yeah, we, no, like like we would. Field versus like, we'd be like, Yo, Oceanside's fighting Rockville Center tonight, or Oceanside's fighting Baldwin, or Oceanside's fighting whatever. What is this West Side Story? And uh, we would we would go to the fair to fight these people. And, yeah, the and fair, man. The fair is a good place. You were the to main scrap, attraction. Man. I didn't. I didn't even want to fight. I More just. Than the I, just lady. I just wanted to. I was just in my towns. So I, I had to go rep my town. But uh, they, the kids had brass knuckles. They would have brass mm. knuckles on them. And I was like, "You guys are <laughs> fucking crazy." <laughs> You're like, "I like the Ferris wheel better." See ya. Dude, I remember one time we went to this like fair, and my friend Seth, he like took some kid's hat and ran away with it. Like we used to steal hats. That was our thing. <laughs> so dumb. And uh, so did, we, did your friend sit at the entrance ramp at a lot of fights? <laughs> Oh, because yeah, the guy's so, walking out. They're always trying to steal the fucking so hats. So he stole this kid's hat, and then like all of a sudden, the kid came back with like 80 kids, right? And it was like 12 of us. <laughs> so we're walking. I'm like, fuck, there's 80 people fucking. So I just started running, and then everyone started running, and then my friends all got beat up, and they got mad at me for running away. I'm like, I didn't steal a fucking hat, and, and it was really dumb. So anyway, it was a life and times. So, uh, Alan, Steve uh, Miocic, Dos Santos, who do you like? Um, I like both guys. Right. But 
if you're going to force me to pick one. Yeah, Stipe, man. I think Stipe is going to retain it. Even though it's in Brazil? Brazil. Why is he fighting this well, fight? Well, you know, if it went to the judges, but it ain't going to the judges. So I think, uh, well, you know what? Let me think about this for a second. <laughs> Stipe is fighting Dos Anjos, Dos Santos. This guy, I mean, he's taken some fucking beatings for like five rounds. It doesn't seem, does he, has he ever been knocked out? Who, Junior? Yeah. Junior's been TKO'd. He, he, has, he has by who? Uh, he well, he got by TKO'd by Kane, Overeem. Right? He got Kane? TKO'd by Kane. Oh, Kane did TKO. Kane I TKO'd thought him in either the, the second Wasn't or the third Didn't they like fight. have two fights where he beat the shit yeah. out of him think, for like yeah, five rounds and it was hard TKO'd to watch? But he TKO'd him in the fifth. Yeah, in one of them, and that was the one that Junior was like, "I don't remember anything after the first round." But like, either way, Stipe has the power to put him away, and and, and he's just it is a rematch though. He seems like he could be doing it right now. Man, I can't believe. Sorry, man, I got to change the subject, but. I don't even watch football that much anymore. But fuck, the Saints just acquired fucking uh, Adrian Peterson. Which is wrong because he beats his kid. He's not a Saint. I hope that's not true, man. He's, he's, he's a, he's a right super there. talent. Did, did he beat his kid with a. With, I remember with something a, about that in the news. Yeah, with like a. Uh, a uh, switch or something. What? I don't know. Yeah, he got. That was a couple years ago, right? Yeah. What's a switch? I, it's like. Switch a, is like. We used to break it off outside. Yeah, like it's a, like black like people use it to beat their kids, and, and, and like white people as well. Not all black people. Yeah, I got it. my grandmother used to beat me with a switch. So yeah, it's, it's a painful a, thing. You don't want to get beat with a switch. Anyway, I yeah. think that's a new bid for you. That's like Adrian that's, Peterson yeah, is yeah. a saint. It's not that's bad, right. Adrian Pat- Peterson signed with the uh, with the Saints. Uh, well, you thanks know. for ruining the joke that yeah. I just made. Thank you, I appreciate that. <laughs> you uh, gave up too soon. It's all good. I give up on. I got Stepe. I got Stepe. Heather agreed. Stepe. And CB? Steve Bay. All right. Uh, Joanna Janjunczyk against Jessica Andrade. Who do we like? Uh, oh, man. I think I think Joanna's going to keep it. But it could. Jessica has definitely got a really good chance. You know, I think if she, we've never really seen Joanna on the ground. So let's see if uh, Jessica gets her down. You know, I, I was expecting Jessica to take Angela Hill down, and she didn't really. Did she? She might have gotten one or two, but no, she didn't take her down. Oh, she didn't take her down. Okay, so uh, yeah, I, I don't know why she she was just working on her striking to get ready for. So we were to sum this sum this up, and I, we have a lot of them here. Oh, uh, uh, well, this is a pretty big fight. Who do you like? A champion. Fight. I know. I'm fucking with you. Who do you like? I'm gonna say Joanna. Really? Yeah. All right. Yeah, this is going to be a dope fight, but i got to stick with the champ on this one. Mm-hmm. I'm picking Jessica for the upset. CB? I've been picking Jessica for the upset for yeah. months. Yeah, I don't know. Are we putting money and on it? I don't think it goes... I'll put the, money on it. And I don't think it goes... How about, how about, your, kid, how about your kid at my wedding? Okay, if I win, <laughs> <laughs> your kid doesn't come to my... Okay, no. if, if you win, my kid doesn't come. No, I'm kidding. I want, your, I want your kid win, there. He's cute. I'm bringing... <laughs> You're bringing no, more kids? Nice, oh, awesome. I don't think they touch You're bringing down. the dog, There's too. Yeah, in. For five rounds, I don't think it touches the ground, if it even goes five. Uh, Maya versus Masvidal. This is a fight in, close to your heart. Man, this is interesting. But, I mean, I got to get with Maya, man. Masvidal, is a, he's a fun guy to watch. Uh, and he's improved his grappling a lot, but um, <laughs> not improved enough against Maya. How do you think you do against uh, either of these guys? I think I do well, man. I mean, I mean, obviously Maya would be the the toughest. He's kind of matchup wise the toughest guy for anybody to go against, just because he's so specifically dominant in that one position. Uh, Mazadov's really good everywhere, uh, a really good striker. But but I like my chances against both of them, man. Heather, uh, I gotta go with Masvidal. Actually, I think that the confidence that he's uh, he's got, you know, I, he's a friend of mine as well, and I, I really just think that. Um, they're both great, and, and it comes down to mindset and, and basically who's going to put it all together. 
that night, but I'm gonna go with Ma's Where Where um, did you guys meet? Where you guys became friends at Jackson's or? Um, how did I meet him? I think it through Colby Covington, who I'm friends with, who I met through John. Just, no, he was no. John's roommate in college. I don't know, but no, I met him. I don't know how I remember how I met him. John who? Jones. Oh, they said they used to beat up townies. A VIP room once. They said they used to beat up townies together in Iowa. Who? John Jones and Colby Covington. Oh, they were they, them two. Were them two and Joe Soto. All three of them lived together, and they used Damn. to beat up fucking town. But I don't. I don't know if Colby likes John. It seems like John rubs a lot of like a lot of his former friends. Like, don't really fuck with him anymore. Maybe uh, he was different before all the fame. When I met John before he I was famous, I met him before he was famous. He was the nicest guy. I, I that I like. He was like I remember being in a room with him and Tom Sizemore, and Tom had no idea for the MMA awards. Had and and then uh, had no idea who he was. And I was explaining to Tom how good John Jones was, and John mm-hmm. was this humble fucking cool dude. And then I saw him a, a year later, and it was a different person. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, that, but I'm also basing people on two fucking chance meetings. Like that's exactly it. I, I mean, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but yeah, when you meet people, you don't even know if they're in a bad mood, they had shit going on. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, there are so many times people probably go, "Adam's a fucking dick." Like last night, <laughs> this fucking comic was like, "You ignored me for fucking two hours. That's why I left." I didn't ignore you. I was running a show. I got fucking this. I got the girl moving in. Yeah. I got fucking 75 comics. Like people, sometimes people think if you're not just focused on them that you're ignoring yeah. them. <laughs> fucking bitches. All right. Frankie Edgar versus Yair Rodriguez. Mm, oh. Damn. You go first, man. I, I, Frankie, I think, I think he's a different league. I think, I think Yair is good, but I think, he's, I think he's flashy. And I think sometimes flash can sometimes sway people into thinking they're better than they actually are. Yeah. I mm, I might have said Frankie I might have agreed with you on Yair two fights ago but fuck he just looks so dominant BJ Penn show. I mean yeah was, I know I know it's hard to say against BJ Penn because it was, it was him able to open up all of his weapons on that fight but I kind of see this also like um, Frankie when Frankie fought um, what's huh? his name the former uh, 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 the know. former champ um, Aldo Aldo, remember how Aldo just stuffed all his takedowns and just beat him up on the feet? Like I think, I think Yair is at that level now where he might be able to do that. Stuff the takedowns, stay long and athletic, and just pick him apart on the feet. CB? Oh, I got Edgar. I think it's going to be a little bit easier than everybody thinks. It's a good fight, but this, this is the ultimate test. If Yair beats Edgar, you cannot deny him a shot. Heather? I got to go with Edgar. Yep. Now, by the way, people saying that Cub Swanson does not deserve a shot by beating... Uh, Artem. Artem, like then people are only gonna fight number one contenders. Like that's yeah. Like what? What do you? What do you want him to do? He won the fight. He won. He dominated. He won fifty forty five, maybe forty nine forty six. But what do you? Then he goes, oh well, he only beat a guy. Well then, who's gonna fucking fight you, Alan? Mm. No, I mean, no offense, but you're not ranked in the top fifteen. But you, but you, but you. That's the bullshit. Because yeah. you should be getting these fights. Yeah. So no, I, I know what you mean, man. I mean, you can't always fight. Be the you know you can't always go three, two, one. It doesn't always work that way. So and especially you're headlining a card. If you're headlining a card like that, then uh, then then I think Cub does deserve. So he it. was four. Who's three and two? The problem is that he 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 lost right for oh, one forty five. Right, we're talking uh, the champ, which is well, you got uh, you got Aldo Holloway. Aldo Holloway and Holloway fucked up Cub pretty bad. Yeah, that's yeah. that. And, and then, Edgar already uh, has a win over. And him. Edgar fucked up Cub too. Mm-hmm. So now that's the problem. Uh, but you got your, 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 I like your Cub. creeping. Uh, but didn't Edgar just get it? No, he did. He have a title shot recently? No, UFC he two hundred. Right, he fought the, Aldo. Right. Yeah. So if if Yara beats 
Um, Frankie, you're in Cub. For the Eliminator. Yeah. yeah, that's I good. Don't, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if they're going to do that, though. I think they'd mix Cub with somebody else and put Yair at yeah. the winner of Holloway, Aldo. Mm. Uh, and then uh, finally, uh, another great card. In the, well, there are a lot of really good fights in this card. Oh, but man, this is a good banger. Eddie right Alvarez, here. Dustin Poirier. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I feel fight, like it's the man. same fighter. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of, they they're ki- you know, Eddie's a little bit more wrestling-based, but they're both really, you know, good boxer, heavy-handed guys. I'm going to go with the Lafayette boy, Poirier. Just because he's from Lafayette? That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, all, he's a fun fighter to watch. Dude, but I've, I've, I've been to New my... Orleans. New Orleans is the most fucked up place I've ever been to. <laughs> I went to Mardi Gras, and, and dudes ripping out their dicks, right? Which is, it was fun. Like, women show you their tits and their vaginas. Mm. You your dick. And they were getting arrested left and right by these cops that they had to, then they can bribe off the cop and be mm. like, yo, here's 10 grand, and you're out of jail. It was the most disturbing disgusting thing it was a third world country police force there <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I've never seen that kind of police force I mean before. like you you go do Bourbon Street if you've never been and after you've done Bourbon Street you kind of steer away from it just because it's, it's, it's dirty and full of you know people come out of the woodworks literally they come you know like Louisiana is a bunch of fucking swamp land so all these people that live in the fucking swamps they're headed to New Orleans they're headed to Bourbon Street the first time they, you know they go into the city so you don't want to be mixed up in that too long, especially if you're going with your girlfriend. But that police force, I could see why. Like when uh, Katrina happened, they all quit. They're like, yeah, because they, yeah, they're making ten thousand a dick on fucking Mardi Gras. They're like, <laughs> they're like, fuck doing actual police work. I, I mean, I mean, some of them are good, but but wasn't it? Is it a corrupt over there? Uh, I don't know if it's corrupt, but I mean, like, it's like anything, man. Like you said, you know, like that's it. There's there's police at Mardi Gras doing exactly that. They're giving young kids the. Uh, uh, drink, drinking too young, t- you know, tickets for drinking underage, and they're giving people tickets for nudity and all that. And so, yeah, you can make a little money right there. They're make, but the they're, they're like, yo, here, here, we're gonna put you in this box. Give me ten thousand dollars, you're out. I'm like, that's not how law works. Like, Wait, you arrested for showing your? Is no, that- no, no. First of all, I, you know, all you know. But that's what that's what they you do. Have to, you have to I, earn I that. that. Yeah, they put you in handcuffs. They put you in some fucking your face down on on on, on some dirty ass club floor yeah. for like an hour. And then you ended up trying to bribe him. Yeah, I've been that guy, man. I've been handcuffed at Mardi Gras, like face down on the club floor. What did you do? Did you do that? I, I think we were fighting or something, but they ended up letting me go. But yeah, they'll just stick you in a fucking room in some nasty place that you don't want to be and see what happens. It's fucking crazy. Uh, all right, so finally, Cejudo Pettis. I, 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 I can't see Henry Cejudo losing this fight. Yeah, I just, that's another interesting one. But, I mean, he's got, we're talking about a gold medalist wrestler. Yeah. But... He hasn't always fought like a gold medalist wrestler. I mean, he, he becomes a striker half the time of his fights. He's a good striker, though. Mm-hmm. Is I he? Think, I think so. He's gotten a lot better, yeah. He's got a lot better. I don't know if he's good yet. I would say He's so. good. I think so. I mean, so. he's, uh, he's got a wrestler. He's like a golden glove background. He's got like a boxing oh, okay. background. Yeah. And, and then I know he was also spending a lot of time at CSA as well, mm-hmm. um, working on his Muay Thai and everything. So, so who do you wins this fight? I'm going to go with Sehudo. Yeah. I would probably take the safer bet in Cejudo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then Christoph Jocko. Isn't that the guy with the crazy knockouts? He knocked out Tam McCrory. Oh, and, oh he's, yeah. and he's fighting David Branch coming in from the uh, former World Series yeah, yeah. of Fighting. Yeah, Professional Fighters League. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a good fight. I mean, Branch, could, Branch is good. Yeah, I'm, I'm ch- he's good, man. 
I mean, you, you become a champion in two weight classes in that organization. He's fighting tough guys. But I just want to see how he does against – how he fares against some of the UFC talent because I didn't really know a lot of the guys he was fighting in the World Series of Fighting. Although no, he looked very he good. He was fighting like my cousins and stuff. And like, yeah, I mean, you could tell he's got talent, but he was fighting guys not on his level. This think, is his so. return, though, to the UFC. He already had a stint. Did he? Yeah, and he didn't do too great. Yeah. And then Marlon Morales now is in the UFC, right? Marlon Morales is, yeah. is in the UFC. and uh, Who's he fighting? He's got a tough fight. He's fighting. Too. Oh, he's Either fighting a Sunsau or yeah, he's fighting. Did he get the Sunsau? I believe. Ooh. I thought he was petitioning that's for a, the uh, Jimmy Rivera fight, and I guess they gave him a Sunsau. I think it's a Sunsau, man. That's a I think, both. I both think a Sunsau is going to take a nice L that night. Really? Mm. Yeah, Marlon Murray. This kid is legit. Like my, him and Justin Gaethje were the two best WSOF talents. My friend Tracy, she's like this, like sweet, pretty, like uh, producer of this, t- like of all these shows, like Pawn Stars. So Joey. Varner invites her to a fight. Oh, I, I work for the WSOF. Come to a fight. And within three seconds, the Diaz brothers are fighting t- 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 fucking <laughs> yeah. Khabib's Call family. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> and like, and then the fight like rolled over into like the concession stand. Like, she's like, I've never seen anything like it before. A bunch of, it was like 209 versus, yeah. you know. It almost blows my mind when USSR. people come to a fight and they're like, this is my first fight. Um, and I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm just like, really? Because this is like what we do every freaking week. Yeah. Yeah. Every week and we're cornering or advice or some shit like that and so when people are just making it to their first fight i don't even know how to coach them through it i'm like i don't even know because i'm never really in the audience i'm always behind the scenes just like warming a guy up so just sit here get some popcorn and like find somebody you know you know well i told you I, I like brought my girl to uh to the the fight and we watched the the mark hunt you know overeem and, and it, first need, it wasn't her first fight oh. but i was like that was the craziest neighbor seen in my life like the whole place, you could hear it. Mm. And everyone has their jaw dropped. And I look over at my girl, and she's ordering dresses from China or something. Like, <laughs> I go, did you see that? She's like, oh, I, I, I heard it. I'm like, okay. And then I told her, I said, baby, like, I don't have to take you here. Like, I could take someone else that yeah. might appreciate it more. Who are you going to take? I'm like, no, I'm, not, I'm not taking a girl. I'm just saying that I, that I could take uh-huh. it. So, uh, so, so, then, um, so then she said, uh, so, then she, so then like the next fight starts. And the person's walking out. She goes, I love this fight. I'm like, it hasn't started yet, babe. <laughs> like, like, the, like, like the music is on. <laughs> Dude, I remember years ago when, um, when they had Glory at, um, what's the other one? Not the Staples Center, but the, uh, the old one. Uh, Forum. Nokia? The Forum. The Forum, thank you. And uh, were you there when, do you remember when Joe Schillen knocked out uh, Simon Marcus? Do you remember that fight? It was like the Glory Tournament or whatever. And this is like their rematch. And anyway... Long story short, they were banging and everybody was on their fucking feet. And Joe Schilling was stuck, like, step back, switch stance, knocked out Simon Marcus, his mouthpiece went flying, and he was, like, unconscious down, face down on the mat. And everybody went fucking nuts. And I remember Eddie Bravo was there, dude, sitting front row, just texting away, like, some weird ass <laughs> conspiracy shit, you know what I mean? And I remember seeing him the next day, and I was like, bro, how about that fucking Joe Schilling fight, though? Was that not one of like the best fights you've ever seen in his life? And he was like, which one was that? Oh, Who was that? God. And I just couldn't believe. He, like, he's all, we've always had this like, sh- you know, striking is better than jiu-jitsu argument kind of thing. You know, he loves jiu-jitsu. I love my striking. But I was like, Eddie, are you fucking human not to like be going nuts? Even if you don't understand fighting, yeah. somebody would still love that fight, but he could care less watching oh. that shit. I thought... I thought he was crazy after that shit, man. Man, it was. Such oh, a my girl fight. was like, uh, there was one fight. There was a girl fight, and the girl had like she had like pink streaks in her hair, mm. and then she was like, oh, she got, no, she had blonde hair, and the other girl was bleeding, so she got blood all over her hair, mm. and my girl was like, oh my god, I'm like, oh what, because she was getting fucked up, and she's like, 
I don't know if that's going to come out of her hair. You're going to need, like, <laughs> like, that's what she was concerned about. She's worried about it. <laughs> it's like, I she can get that blood out. I yeah. guess that's good, though, because if I had a girl that was, like, too into fighting, like, too much of a, I, I don't know, it's probably good to have, like, a yin and yang, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, your boyfriend's a very effeminate man, Heather, so. <laughs> so <laughs> what? He's a wrestler. I know, I'm just kidding. Is but he, he a fighter? He's, he's, he used to wrestle? Or no, he, he wrestles Greco at the Olympic training center. Gotcha. Yeah, he's, he's like Is this a, what you're talking about? That fight? Yes, okay, you were there, you, you got it No, I got a picture it, of it and the, he signed it. And dude, so that, signed that it. fight right there put, As soon as he said put, it, I was like, that fight I think right I know there. what he's talking about. A lot about. of people knew who Joe was, nice. like that watched Strike, you know, Muay Thai, kind of followed. But that one right there kind of, I think, made him a star. He had already actually won the glory belt. But then um, uh, Simon Marcus had beat him, I think, twice in Muay Thai and Lion Fight. But this was kind of the rematch here in glory and kickboxing. But yeah, when Joe knocked fucking Simon Marcus face down knocked the fuck out mouthpiece went flying it was it was it was fucking how does he keep smoking cigarettes Joe Schilling how does he do that and in that tournament he went and smoked a cigarette after I know it's crazy man he's got that like it's funny Joe kind of lives up to that like he kind of plays the bad boy role you know um, but he kind of does it, you know what I'm saying? You know, he's got the, the squad with the Diaz brothers and he smokes cigarettes in Seems between fights. like a nice fights. guy, though. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's, he, he, I he's think he plays, he, he plays the role a little bit for everybody, but, but that's kind of him, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he, you know, fuck, if you're beating up, if you're knocking people out and smoking cigarettes in between, then, then you're a bad motherfucker. That was my favorite, uh, that was my favorite uh, boxer was Ricardo Mayorga for a while because he would he would go in there Same and thing. he would smoke cigarettes at, in the ring like oh. after the fight and start drinking beers and uh, he was a, he was actually like he talked all this shit and there was one fight where like uh, he, he was fighting uh, Vernon Forrest he actually knocked out Vernon Forrest who just beat Mosley so it was like a huge fucking upset and he had no he, his his technique was horrible he would throw mm. like gang punches but like you didn't know what. Like you were saying, you weren't used to it, so it was effective. Until yeah. people, people figured him out, like okay, you know. But I remember him looking at his corner, uh, in between rounds, and he goes, and, and the tra- and he goes, blah blah blah, blah whatever he's speaking, you know. And then uh, <laughs> he was asking for a cigarette. No, but like the translator goes, that black guy, he hits hard, but you, but you know he didn't say that black guy. <laughs> like, like, but that's what the translator said. <laughs> I was like, that black guy. Yeah, I was like, all right, let's. But he was he actually to be like they said he was a nice guy, like Mayorga. Like I even talked to uh, Dean Thomas, who was supposed to fight him in MMA, mm-hmm. and uh, he said that like once the cameras were on, he was a whole different guy. But mm-hmm. like off the cameras, he was a sweet guy. Yeah. He actually bought electricity for his whole town after he won. Oh fuck! Like that, like in like Costa Rica or something, wherever wow. he was from. He like he bought everyone electricity. Like, <laughs> That's dope. Yeah, for yeah, like a night. I don't know. I I just know he did that. I thought that was pretty cool of him. You know, a lot of people don't do that. Anyway, Heather, what do you got coming up? Um, just continuing to train a little bit here and there with Benny the Jet and and uh, going up to Tenth Planet and I might go to Kings tonight and check that out. Um, it's cool because I'm doing the guard lab thing. Like I even talked to Black House. I know Alan's wearing a Black House hat, and the Isla had asked and invited me to come and train there. So, you know, it's I, it's kind of cool. I get to maybe go and just just check out places and get to know people. And then when I have a fight, uh, then I can really hone in in one place and nice. and do it. Yeah, Alan, what do you got coming up? Um, man, fight wise, I'm trying to get something in the books. I'm looking at targeting. Um, I'd like to fight International Fight Week. I think that's July 7th and 8th. There's two fights instead of three, but that's, um, man, it's close. <laughs> it's a good time. I don't feel like going international again, bro. You fight internationally, you got to go three or four days longer. You got to pay all this money for your coaches and flights, and, and then they hit, and then you get your purse at the end of the fight, and they hit you with the international tax, and 30% of your fucking purse is gone. Boom. 
So I'm like, every time I, fl- I go international, it's, it's like I, I enjoy the experience. But afterward, I'm like, fuck that, dude. I just want to go fight in L.A. or in Vegas where it's easy. I could come back home in four days and, and I'm not getting taxed out of my fucking ass. So. I didn't get taxed. I was in Rotterdam what, and Mexico. And they didn't hit you right away? Man, when I fought in... Um, you didn't pay your taxes for like... Right. I did, remember? I did. <laughs> oh, yeah, That's why yeah, I was yeah. late. Right, right. Uh, Australia hit me really hard with the taxes. Like, like immediately 30, 35% from They just from took my it out gone. before yeah, you even got yeah. it. They handed me with the taxes gone. And then the same thing here in uh, the last one in England, man. They hit me hard with the taxes. So trying to avoid that. But yeah, uh, Las Vegas International Fire Week. Just waiting on Sean Shelby to send me send me anybody, man. I wanna I wanna get in who, there. Who are we go. calling out? Anybody want to call out? I don't I don't really. You want an RDA, I don't I don't, I don't have any. Yeah, I don't have anybody, man. It's weird. I haven't been back to Black House in a minute because um, I just been traveling and shit. But I think RDA is training at Black House now. I've been seeing pictures of them. So is that gonna be, be, is that gonna uh, be awkward? I don't know. I mean, I don't think so because I don't. I didn't have any beef against him. It was just again. It was like, look, I wanted a big name, and he said, "I'm moving up to the welterweights." I called him out. It didn't happen. Um, so you know, I don't have any grudge against him as long as he doesn't. We'll see what happens, though. You know, what, what about Neil Magny? I would absolutely fight, and I'd fight anybody in a heartbeat, but definitely Neil Magny. Um, yeah. Would you also jump on that? The thing is, card? I'm coming off of a loss, so I don't know. I don't know where I stand with the UFC. Do I have the power to call out people right now that are, are ranked above me, or do they want to give me a guy that's kind of floating around the 30s? You know, I don't really know where I stand with Sean Shelby. I'm waiting for him to come and just offer me anybody. Cowboy? I never, never said no to a fight. Of course, you know. Of course. That'd be a good fight for you, Cowboy. You could, you could fucking say, and I'm not trying to sound stupid, but any fucking body, and I would say yes. I Wait, mean, Rick, Rick Story's ranked number 13 right now in the world? That can't be right. No, Rick Story's not even in the UFC anymore, Oh, right? uh, this is just rankings. Okay, uh, yeah. I uh, thought Rick, uh, for some reason, to... was not on a roster anymore. Yeah. Would you but jump... yeah, I would love to fight a, a good name like this, would man. Would you jump on the Anaheim card? If you didn't I would. I think Anaheim is July 29th. Yeah, it's three weeks after the... So that's that's kind of my backup. I don't want to wait too long. I think yeah. International Fight Week is about nine or ten weeks from now, and I get antsy. Um, so I'd like to fight then. If that didn't happen, then I'd probably elect for the Anaheim, because the only other one in July, I think, is like uh, Long, Long Island, New York. I think there's a New York card. Which I would do, but if I could just fight in Anaheim and, and go home that night, or, then, yeah, then I'm down to do that. But yeah, so anyway, dude, looking for a fight and um, still doing the podcast with Karen Bryant, MMA Heat. Check it out. CB, what do you got? Nothing. Awesome. All right, so I, I will be in Tulsa, Oklahoma uh, this week. Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, as well as uh, the Hollywood Laugh Factory next Wednesday. And then uh, I'm going to be in Fresno, um, Fresno at the Standard, uh, May 17th, and then, um, and then in July, International Fight Week at the Stratosphere, uh, as well as uh, Fort Myers, July 13th to the 16th. And by the way, this podcast is not over because I interviewed a uh, two-time national champion, a three-time All-American, coach of Boston University, Carl Adams. Uh, before the show, I interviewed him because we—that was just the way it worked out. But Carl Adams, I went to his wrestling camp back in the day, and uh, he's got some really cool MMA supplies now. Uh, which, uh, if you go to MMADrillmasters.com, uh, he's got all kinds of cool stuff. Oh, that's cool, man! He's got the wall-mounted double leg to shoot in. On yeah, those yeah. No, I, I've I like those, man. I saw GSP doing that one time, and I thought that's a good way to be able to like rep some drills, rep some mm-hmm. shooting doubles and so, stuff. So he's got the the snap and shoot plus. 
the Joe Bow legs. I don't know. Uh, the takedown defender. How much are these things, man? Uh, and the Iowa snapper and the uh, and this, uh, the the, the uh, dummy. So we'll look at the prices. But we're gonna talk to Carl Adams, who is Dan Gable's teammate. Uh, MMA drill masters. That I'm gonna let me take a picture of this, man. I want to look this up because you know what I'm saying. Though, like sometimes you want to go to the gym, you can go drill punches on a bag, but you want to drill wrestling. If you don't have a partner whose game, yeah, it's hard to fucking shadow box wrestling. You can only shadow box wrestling for so long. Love it. Well, thank you guys. Thank you, Heather. Thank you, uh, Thanks, Alan. Adam. Thank you, CB. Thank you, Burchek. Thank you, Carl Adams. And uh, check out the interview right now with Carl Adams. Uh, yes, it is. Hey, can you hear me? This is Adam Hunter. You're on the MMA Roasted Podcast. It is an honor to have you on. How's it going, man? It's going great, Adam. Thank you for calling me, and, and thanks for having me on your show. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I actually, I don't know if you know this, I went to your wrestling camp when I was in eighth grade. Uh, I went to, at, B, at Boston University. It, it, it changed my life. One of the best camps I ever went to. Uh, you were there. You were a total class act. Got some great, great, great competition there. Learned, learned a ton. So I've always wanted to thank you for that, man. Well, you're welcome. You know, it, it, it's amazing how many people I've run into that have gone to that camp. Uh, over the 33 years, it was about 20,000 students. So wow. um, thanks for the compliment. You know, obviously the staff and I really enjoyed working with the, with the kids. So it was a lot of fun. Now, no problem, man. Now, now Carl, uh, to the listeners out there, uh, Carl, was you were a two-time national champion and a four-time All-American, correct? Uh, uh, two-time NCAA champion, uh, two-time national freestyle champion, three-time uh, NCAA All-American. Uh, I placed as a freshman, uh, didn't place as a sophomore, and I won it my junior and senior year. And then I uh, kept competing in freestyle, and I won the 73 and 75 national freestyle tournament. Wow. Uh, so you were pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> now, that was for Iowa State. Uh, did, you wrestle, did you wrestle against Iowa, uh, against Gable? Gable and I were teammates. Oh, you were teammates with Gable. You know, right, he wrestled for Iowa State. Right, right, right. State. And when I was going to college out there, we actually never met Iowa University. However, I did wrestle against some of their wrestlers at the national tournament uh, in various tournaments along the way. But uh, Dan and I were teammates my freshman and sophomore year. Uh, and then, you know, after he graduated, won the Worlds, won the Olympics, uh, he became an assistant coach at Iowa. And then he became the head coach, and he was head coach there for uh, 21 years but i i know dan very well though so so you were there now people who don't, they don't know this dan gable is widely regarded as the best american wrestler of all time uh he was a four-time i think state champ in high school right he was a four-time national he was a three-time national champ but then lost his last match ever and then went on to the olympics and didn't get a point scored on him in any of his matches in the olympics so you were there when he lost his match uh, yeah, I was, I was on that same team at that same national tournament. Uh, however, Dan was a uh, a two-time national champ because when Dan uh, was at Iowa State, freshmen were, were not allowed to compete as true freshmen. Now, it was my first year, 1969, 
when freshmen, that was the first year freshmen were allowed to compete uh, at the NCAA tournament. In fact, I was the first NCAA All-American uh, as a true freshman, and I was the only one that played that particular year. But, yeah, Dan was a three-time Iowa State champion, two-time NCAA champion. He was a runner-up his senior year. That's the year he lost to Larry Owings in the finals, which kind of broke everyone's heart. Um, and then he went on to win the Worlds and then the Olympics in 1972. Uh, went through the Olympics, and you're right, he didn't have a point scored on him. Now, let's be honest. Did you beat, a, did you beat, beat him up in practice? Were you, was it you just rocking him? In, I mean, was he able to beat you in practice? Let me tell you something. Dan was one of the greatest that I had ever gone against. And although he was at a lower weight, uh, in my sophomore year, it was Dan and then me. In my freshman year, the weight classes were different. So Dan would go out two weights before me. The weight class was 137. But Dan could pretty much go through everyone in the lineup, including me. Wow. And I, it was embarrassing. I, I, still can't figure out, I still can't figure out how he was able to beat even our 190-pounder. Uh, wow. Ben Peterson, for example, was an Olympic champion, two-time national champ. I never saw Ben get the best of Dan Gable. And his weight class was 190 in college and 198 in the Olympic Games in 1972. In fact, Ben was a gold medalist in 1972 as well. Wow. But Dan could have everyone on the team, even when he was 137 pounds. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, so, I mean, now you were the, also the, you were the coach at, at a URI. Then they canceled the program yep. because of Title IX. Then you go to BU. Yep. You, you were the BU coach for, what, 15 years? Uh. 33 years. I was the head coach at BU. 33 years. Wow, I, I got my times right. 33 years. Now, why did they yeah. end the program? Well, basically, it was the same type deal. Uh, my feeling about that was that a lot of times, you know, you have athletic directors that have their own agenda. And I think the big reason was because they wanted lacrosse. And I honestly feel like the athletic director didn't really care that much about wrestling and felt like it would be easy to remove us and put lacrosse in. You know, they, they brought lacrosse in as a full-time sport and, uh, and we were out, it, you know, and basically it was just that simple. Now at Rhode Island, it was, it was similar. We had an athletic director. I had been there one year. I was the rookie college coach of the year. We had an All-American. We won the conference. Very same year, in the fall, they decided to cancel the program. And I've watched this for many years. A lot of times, athletic directors come in and they have their own agenda. Yeah. Yep. And they want to do it their way. And, you know, since 1972, it's been probably a couple, 300 programs that have gone by the wayside. In fact, it, it was a week ago that Boise State announced that they were dropping their program. It's so ridiculous. It's a lot of yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's so ridiculous because it's the cheapest sport ever. I mean, you need a mat and two people. I mean, that's such a cheap sport, and it's the most character-building sport in the world. Everybody that's ever wrestled, I don't, 
I've been co- I started a program in Brentwood, California, a middle, a middle school program. There's not a kid out there uh, at Brentwood, California. I started the middle school program out there, and then also the high school program at Palisades. There's not a kid ever that wrestled, right, as an adult, that says I regret wrestling. Never one. Never one kid. Well, well, Adam, you're you're absolutely right, and and um, I've taken a very strong look at this over the years. You know, I played a lot of different sports in junior high and high school, including football, soccer, lacrosse. There's nothing even close to wrestling as far as the lessons that you learn by competing. I think it prepares you so well for life. You know, and there's just nothing else out there like it. I mean, other sports are good as well. However, Wrestling, I feel, is truly special, and you're you're absolutely right. And and wrestlers, they talk about that long after their competitive days are over, how much the sport did from for them. And so uh, you're absolutely right about that. And, and and they really appreciate the fact that they had an opportunity to to do it. Yeah. After it's all said and done. No, I mean, as a stand-up comedian now, I mean, there's not a day I, I go out there that. Number one, I get better when things don't go well. So you learn from your mistakes. Number two, you're out there and you're like, as a comic, I have to make people laugh. I have to figure out a way to win. I got to be a problem solver. And it's exactly the way it is on the mat. I mean, you might be up against a guy who's stronger than you, who's bigger than you, who's tougher than you, who's more experienced, but you got to find a way to win. And that is, that's a microcosm of every problem you're going to have in life. You're 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 absolutely right, and you know what? I, I did a little research on you, and I you were a four-time uh, New England Prep champion, and and my thought was that Adam had to be pretty damn good because you had to win it in a ninth grader. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And and, and 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 I look at what you're doing now, the success that you're having now, and you're a worker. You know, you're out there. Get it done, and, and and that's what wrestling teaches you. It, you you don't fear failure, you know, and you, you you failure as a way to succeed because you know when something doesn't go right, you go back and work on it. You figure out how to get it right, right. And, and, and nothing do that better than the sport of wrestling. But but I I I've, uh, paid paid attention to uh, your success, you know, mm-hmm. on the mat, and I'm looking at what you're doing now and and how hard you work, and that's the essence of being a wrestler. You know, you really do learn how to compete in the game of life. Thanks, Carl. I, I, I truly appreciate it. I got to ask you, so I, I watched the NCAAs this year, and it seems like a lot, like when I was, a, when I was started, when I wrestled, if you, when you got a takedown, you got a takedown pretty much. Like when you, when you went in, it seems now a lot of people are grabbing the, the ankles of the wrestling shoes to defend the takedown uh, more than I've ever seen. You know what I'm talking about? I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, you know, some of them will allow a man to get in so that they can defend the shot and scramble into a strong position so that they can end up getting the takedown. Um, I don't necessarily agree, uh, agree with that style. I think it's, it's better to be offensive, attack, and finish quick. Because a lot of times, you're going to find that a 
against your better wrestlers, those great scramblers have problems. Yeah, 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 yeah. Better take such strong position that they don't allow you to, to dive under, grab an ankle, and outscramble them. They will finish you off before you have an opportunity to get to that ankle. Right. And those are your kids. However, uh, every now and then you'll run into someone like, say, Ben Askren. Yep. Who is a great athlete, a great scrambler, and is mentally tough as they come. And he's going to be hard, hard to beat no matter how good and how solid you are. Yeah. But I, I view him as one of them. <laughs> you know, and there's other ones out there that are great scramblers, but they're not in Askren's class as far as scrambling goes. Yeah, but it seems like with the scrambling, so. I have no problem with the scrambling. It just seems like a way to, like, they, they, they grab the ankle and then hope for a stalemate. It seems like that's happening a lot, where the guy's getting in and the person's just grabbing an ankle and then it, and then it becomes either a stalemate or a uh, one of those positions where they go, oh, this is a, uh, you know, this is potentially dangerous. Potentially dangerous. And I'm like, that that didn't used to happen when I was, I was wrestling. They would sort of like, it was weird. It, I'm like, you know what? I I understand it. And if I was that coach, and then somebody was in on my kid, I would say, do that. You know, grab an ankle. But it does seem to be a little bit like uh, people are sort of getting around the bit, you know, they're kind of figuring out a way to get out of these double legs without having to really sprawl and just sort of hoping the ref starts over. Right. Well, well, I think wrestlers are going to bend the rules and play to the rules as much as possible. Yeah. And if you go for an ankle and get yourself into a scrambling position and you get a stalemate call or a situation where it becomes potentially dangerous, you know, you get to have a fresh start. And I think all coaches now do have to work on scrambling skills. Yeah. I you kids that, that, that are very good scramblers now. Now, I think this pretty much came out of Pennsylvania. You know, that state was the state that pretty much started uh, rolling under, grabbing the ankle, rolling through the legs, coming out the back door. And then it just kind of spread across the country. Wow. Now everyone knows how to do it, uh, do, do some of it. Uh, but there's certain wrestlers who are great at it. Yeah. But, but I'm not so sure it's good for the fan because you get into so many stalemate positions with distraction. Right. And then the ref start all over again. So... But, you know, who knows? I, I think it's the evolution of wrestling, you know. It keeps changing and staying the same. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, it's a circle where, you know, you sweep single. Okay, that went away for a while, and it was a lot of head outside singles. Now you see sweep singles coming back. It's still a great move. And if you have a great setup, a good level change, a deep penetrating step, and you get around the corner, you can still finish a single leg tackle with a good, sweet single. So, you know, sometimes I think coaches and wrestlers overcomplicate the sport. It's not that complicated. <laughs> right, you know? right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, uh, hey, shut up. Now, now, what are your thoughts on uh, mixed martial arts? Because, you know, this is an MMA podcast, and so many wrestlers have 
have went on to become successful uh, MMA people, MMA fighters. What are your thoughts on that? I love it. I, I love mixed martial arts and the opportunity that it provided for wrestlers. Because for the longest time, there was no place for even your top wrestlers to go after they finished uh, college. Now, they could take this skill and use it to, to make a living, uh, provide income for their families. And if they're really good at it, they can provide a great income. And the other thing is that, you may not know this, but, but like Ken Florian, he used to train at, at BU. My assistant coach used to train him and work with him. Uh, he used to come to BU because they had a, him and his brother had a uh, MMA school in Brookline, Massachusetts. Right. And uh, Daniel Cormier, I recruited him. No way. Both with his mom. You know, it, oh yeah, I recruited Daniel. He knows me. Um, spoke with his mom, spoke with him. Uh, he was at Colby Junior College and he was wrestling for one of my uh, former college teammates, Steve Lampy. And so Coach Lampy called me about Daniel, so we got in touch. And the BU thing didn't quite work out, but what I did notice that he, he's, a, he's a class kid, uh, a very, very nice person. Uh, Rashad Evans. You know, he called me at Boston University, um, oh, this is probably seven, eight years ago, and he, and he ordered one of our, our pieces of equipment, this, this, this map and shoot. You know, he's training for a major fight. Uh, and Chael Sonnen, we wrestled against him. Oh, no way. <laughs> so a lot of, uh, yeah, we wrestled, we wrestled uh, Chael Sonnen at the Midlands tournament one year, uh, one of my kids. So uh, a lot of these guys, I've had direct, contact with uh, in one way or another. But, but the bottom line is that I think MMA is great for the sport of wrestling because it shows how the sport of wrestling compa compares to some of these other combative sports. And MMA is kind of like, okay, which skill set is the best if you ended up getting into a street fight. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. You know, because you, you've got uh, um, all kinds of uh, yeah, boxing, sports. Muay Thai, yeah. Jiu-Jitsu, Judo. Yeah. And what we're seeing now is that it's the wrestlers who, who rise to the top and rise to the top very quickly. Yeah, I, I, a lot of it also is the whole embrace the grinds, you know, mentality of just keep moving forward, keep pushing forward, never giving up, taking the fight where you want. Absolutely. And, and I think the big thing is that wrestlers have such great skill when it comes to attacking the legs and attacking the other man's body. Uh, and, and it's difficult for a jiu-jitsu guy to actually use a lot of his jiu-jitsu skills on a wrestler. Wrestlers have been in positions because we've studied so many skills in so many positions so many times that they can anticipate when something is going to happen and they pull out of it. The other thing is that they're, they're so strong and 
because of what we had to do, and you probably went through it with the weight cutting, yeah, uh, just having to hang in there and get off the last pound. Wrestlers are so mentally tough. And there's other fighters that are mentally tough as well. I don't know that they've gone to the place that wrestlers have had to go to so many times. Week after week during the season, sometimes twice a week, sometimes five matches in one day at a tournament. And yeah. so you develop mental toughness that I, I, I just don't think that if you're a jiu-jitsu guy, that, that you see the depth of what wrestlers have gone through in that particular sport. So, you, you know, and, and, and that's way wrestlers uh, advantage, I feel. No, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Dan Henderson said that wrestling was actually harder than fighting. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but that's just what he said, you know. Well, I, from, from my vantage point, the, the fighting is brutal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think no way from those guys, you know, you catch a knee in the face, it's going to hurt. Yeah. You're probably going to get something broke, you know. Uh, but, but wrestling is tough. It, it's a non-stop grind, and it takes everything that you have mentally, uh, physically, and technically uh, to win the big matches. And so, I, I think I think wrestlers have benefited from that when they cross over to the sport of uh, mixed martial arts. Right. No. Absolutely. Now you have uh, you've written uh, a couple books. Um, you have a new one coming out. Uh, I actually uh, have written four books. Um, Three of them are um, instructional books. And the last one, uh, Think It, Believe It, Do It, uh, well, moved away from wrestling instruction to a certain extent. You know, I wanted to put together something about winning, something about getting things done. Uh, There's so many people that, that have ideas, that want to do things, um, but they never get to the point where they actually finish what they want to start. And, and then the other part of that book is, is just achieving a satisfactory level of success in your life. And so that's what the, the third book is about. And basically, I wrote for a month straight. And within a month, I had written 50,000 words. Everything came from the gut. You know, uh, and that was at a time when, you know, I was still at BU. I was working as a student, student athlete uh, coordinator. So I had time on my hands. And I, had, I had outlined the book three years prior. And so um, I self-published it like I have with all of the other books. And, um, you know, it's, it, 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 it's on the market now. It's on my website, you know, that type of thing. But that was the last book uh, that I wrote. And what's your website? Uh, CarlAdams.com. Okay. And it's the same. It's the same website that my equipment is on as well. Yes, uh, I, I know. I heard you. You you have like three wrestling takedown machines. Is this, is this true? Well, well, you know, I invented the first one, the Adam takedown machine. About 40-some years ago, I was 23 at the time. It, it's still on the market today. We, we sold that company. However, um, 
since then, I I have probably four or five other uh, products, wrestling products, uh, on the market as well. Uh, you'll see those on that website. Uh, and just recently, uh, since retiring, I crossed over to MMA. Um, I'm totally into creating training devices. And so, um, you know, this past year, I crossed over to uh, MMA, and uh, we have a website where I have my newest product. It's called um, MMA Drill Master. And I feel tremendous about this piece of equipment because it allows uh, fighters to work on leg attack, striking, kicks, elbows, and knees, and it's all housed in one piece of equipment. And I'm, I'm buying it as hell. I love I it. Like I, it. I love it. So, so where you people can get idea. this equipment on carladams.com? Uh, I'm sorry, what'd you say? And, and, and people can get all this at carladams.com? Not carladams.com. If they go for the MMA stuff, they would have to go to mmadrillmasters.com. mmadrillmasters.com. Um, and what I will say while we're talking about this piece of equipment, I do think if MMA guys take the time to take a look at it, they'll see something that's different from everything else out there and something that they can do more on than any other piece of MMA training equipment in the world. I'll stake my my life on that. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. This thing is awesome. It's, you, could, you could snap and shoot plus. This thing is awesome. You got to get a better, a better yeah. model, though. I think I could probably take that guy in, like, the picture. Yeah. But, um... Oh, uh, yeah. But, but what I'm saying is you go to the, the one MMA. Yeah, I'm looking at MMADrillmaster.com. I'm looking at it right now. It, it's pretty... If the, you take a look at oh, you'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah, holy crap. I can't believe you have the Iowa snapper... The the uh, the uh, throw dummy. You have the uh, yeah. the takedown defender. The Jobo legs. Yeah. I like it. I like MMA Drill Master. This thing is awesome. Well, well you know uh, what's going on with that, Adam. Is MMA guys or companies or not companies? People that train have been. I've never really marketed to MMA people. However, when they come across it, you know if they have the money, obviously. You know, it, it's it's expensive. You know, not tremendously expensive, but you know, you gotta you gotta put up some money. A good number of them buy it. Like Rashad Evans uh, calls me at BU and he ordered the snap and shoot. But the snap and shoot at that time really wasn't made for MMA. But a lot of MMA guys were buying it because they could work on wrestling skills. Yeah, no, this is great. That's master comes in. This thing has a bigger target, something that you can punch, kick, elbow, and knee, and coordinate working on your, your leg shot. So I'm biased again, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I like it. I've never seen anything like this before. I, I think it is dynamite, you know. I, I think this is awesome. I've never seen anything like this before. I think this is awesome. Carl, you're a genius. 
You're a genius, man. Well, I'm about to genius. I, I do know one thing. I'm very passionate about training. And you know as well as I that repetition and building muscle memory is what gets you over in those uh, fights that will be tough where you got to come off with some good stuff. You know, it's, you everything. it's everything. It's everything. It's everything. You know? And, and, uh, and that's what these, these pieces of equipment <clears throat> are all about. I like it. I like it. Well, listen, Carl, man, uh, it is an honor to have uh, a two-time national champion, a three-time All-American, uh, a, a world champion, uh, an amazing coach on the podcast. I can't wait to have you back on. And thank you, Carl. Thanks so much, man. Well, Adam, I thank you for having me on. And I, and I really appreciate the opportunity. And, and uh, good luck to you and much success. Oh, thank you, man. Thanks a lot, Carl. I appreciate that. Have a, have a, have a great week. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.